a show for the Monero community, where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. Alrighty. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Turn my mic up. There we go. How's it going? How you doing? Uh, tired, but you know, been uh, been a little bit of a busy weekend. Yeah, same here, same here. I had an excellent workout yesterday, so I'm recovering from that. I think I worked out a little too hard, though. Got like a, <laughs> I woke up with like a headache. You ever get a headache from like working out too hard? That's, that's not a good thing. Ah, never a good thing. Would you just like uh, dehydrated? No, I felt it when I was working out because I tried doing. I'm trying to do like super high intensity. Like super heavyweight. Oh, so like uh, heavier weight, less rep. Yeah, heavier weight, less rep. So basically, I'll do like you know, warm up a little bit, do warm up set, but then I'll do like just one set as heavy as possible for like eight to fourteen reps, max weight, and then move on to the next exercise. Um, and then I'll do that, and then I'll take a break for like three three days, maybe even four days, and then do the then go back at it. It's a new method, not a new method that I've created. This is, you know, <laughs> yeah. people people have done this in the past. It's, it's supposed to be uh, pretty effective. I'm testing it out. Um, and in uh, Monero news, gratuitous news, we finally got the eggs going. Oh shoot! Yeah, it's Whoa. super. This um, we've been working on this for a long time. Is it a different uh, supplier? So this guy's in Tennessee. He's from the Monero community. We've been speaking cool. to him for like well over a year. There were some bumps in the road. We tried shipping it in a different type of packaging and it failed. It was packaging that we actually copied off of somebody that already is in this business of delivering eggs. And I, we copied it pretty closely, but I guess not closely enough for whatever reason it failed. Um, <clears throat> and then the project stalled, but then we got back on track. And then we found this new packaging that's like literally built just for the purpose of delivering eggs. It's like these egg cases. We get it from China. Really? Uh, so that's, we that's gave cool. it a shot. And actually, it was, I, my, my heart was broken because I, the package was supposed to be delivered yesterday and it wasn't here. It showed oh, as delivered. You were just waiting for it to show yeah. up. And United States Postal Service said delivered and it was not here. And that's like never really happened here before. We always get our packages. So I was like, I was like, sure like it just, it just it's gone. <laughs> yeah. So apparently, apparently went to our neighbor. So it was, it was really funny because I was calling up Sunita. I was out, out of the house this morning. I was like, I can't believe we never got the package from yesterday. I'm like, maybe go check downstairs today. Maybe it came. And then like, as I'm telling her that our door buzzes and it was a neighbor who didn't speak, <laughs> a, didn't speak a lick of English, but from we really? were, but we were, we were able to put the pieces together and, and gather that. He received our package and he didn't have it with him. So he ran back and he brought it to us. He's like, here it is. And we got it. That's amazing. So I will, I will do an unboxing. I guess, uh, should, should I do it now? Should I do it now? Should I open it up now? Yeah. I mean, so th- this is the, this is the moment of truth, guys. Um, whether or not, look. whether or not the eggs survived. Hold on a sec. 
say this thing is literally designed for this purpose. Moment of truth, guys. Truth. Let's say. Ah. I almost dropped them. Okay. Slide it out. Oh yeah, this is thing. I could see why it la like so it's got foam. Yeah, it's packed perfectly tight. Here they are. Need to move the camera. Perfect. Let's say. You see there? Right there. All right. They looks like they survived. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's Those survived. are some. Uh, it's just it's, custom cut foam. Yeah. This, this, is, this is straight from the farm, guys. With with the bloom still on. So the bloom is most. You know, when you buy your eggs at the store, they wash the bloom off. This still has the bloom on it, which is what allows the egg to stay preserved. So you don't have to put these in the fridge. You know, a lot of people think you got to refrigerate your eggs. And so this guy from Tennessee, he's willing to and he's able to actually ship these. Correct. Yeah, this nice. is this is, this is mission awesome. accomplished right here. This is this wow. is test case. I will now be the next test will be eating them. I'm sure they look they look good. They look delicious. They look legit. Yeah. Fantastic. So. Uh, you will very soon now be able to buy eggs with Monero on Gratuitous. Yay! So happy. We're, we're getting there. Soon you'll be able to live off of it, guys. We're so close. Eggs, coffee, just a few, just a few other things after that, and you're pretty much good to go. That's facts. All right. Sweet. Um, yeah, I don't know when we'll, we'll kick it off. We'll probably kick it off slowly because I don't. He only has so many chickens. He delivers he delivers his eggs locally now to like stores and stuff. So he'll have to slowly ramp up and we'll probably only take on like a few customers to begin with. And then we'll try to ramp it up a little bit. All right. Cool. Um awesome. but yeah, let's move let's move along. I think we're gonna have a long show today because I know there's a lot of news and I know there's a lot of price action. So let's let's He's get it. Out this week. Yeah, let's let's yeah. jump into the price report. The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. Hey, guys. Buddy, what's going on, man? You, buddy. Congrats on the uh, on the packaging. Looks really cool. Uh, yeah, so excited. It's the simple things, man. It's the simple things. <laughs> so um, if you've got, like, little bits of chicken feather on the outside of the egg, that probably means the bloom is intact, right? Yes. Okay. We do. Cool. Yeah, um, it's actually like here in Mexico, you just go to like quite a number of stores, maybe not like a regular supermarket, but um, some of the small corner stores, um, like a lot of them still have that on. Yeah, yeah. Mexico, I would think it's a, it's a typical thing. Um, it makes it makes sense, right? Like, and then you don't have to refrigerate them. You could keep them out. But yeah, you know. yeah. A lot of times you'll go into the store and you'll see them. You'll see eggs on the shelf, not refrigerated. Right. Yeah, I remember that. That confused me at first when I went into like a it's like a supermarket, uh, and the eggs are just kind of out. It's like, huh? Supposed to refrigerate this? Well, like the U.S. does this. I think the U.S. is like, are there any other countries that actually does that, or is it just the U.S.? Um, I don't Washing know. That's a good question. Yeah, you know, it's it's gov- It's just a perfect example of government get getting involved and fucking things up, right? It's yep. like just just ruining a good thing. I mean, without, without saying too much, uh, you know, I, I don't know how, um, how legal it is to be, to be, to be sending eggs around without the bloom washed off, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to assume it is legal. Cause right. I mean, how, how could it possibly not be? Right. That evil bloom. How dare you? <laughs> uh, I mean, the, what's so crazy about it is that it's, 
allegedly these laws are about protection, um, but really they should only be about disclosure, right? If you sell something that you didn't disclose properly that that's what you were doing, um, yeah, I mean, then maybe you could be liable for like some kind of damages or whatever, right? Like, okay, on the outside of these eggs, there could be extra bacteria and and stuff that might, you know, that you might need to be worried about. Um, you know, maybe you don't want to eat the entire outside of the shell. I don't know, uh, which is something some people do actually. Um, right. So it's like, it, it's really, it's the same thing. Like we talk about the SEC and crypto regulation or a, any kind of thing. In my mind, it's just about disclosure. People should just know what they're getting. Um, whereas like, it's odd because then the government will often just fight disclosure, like in the, in the terms of, um, GMO products. A lot of times, um, I want to say that the FDA is, has ruled certain products to be substantially equivalent with no differentiation or risk, um, from the non-GMO product. And so like, in some cases, I don't think GMO products are required to label them as being GMO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, eggs, I mean, they, they, they do, they've done, you know, studies, right? So people that have access to, to good eggs, literally, uh, you know, societies that ha- that overall have access to, to to quality eggs have a few IQ points higher than societies that don't have access to eggs. It's such a hmm. such, such a vital important food, um, and yeah, even that government kind of gets in the way of of you and direct access to it from from the farmer. It's 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 sad to see, right? Uh, just 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 another example. It's pretty sad that we kind of have to like try to figure out on our own how to go get get around it. Yeah, Here we are. We'll do it. That's one reason I I really like, uh, in some ways I like Mexico, in some ways I don't. In a lot of ways here in Mexico, um, a lot of these laws and a lot of this kind of bullshit is still two or three decades behind, um, simply out of convenience, right? There's, I mean, it's kind of sad at the same time, but, um, you know, a lot of people don't have cars. A lot of people, I mean, they're just poorer here in general, which is, um, and, you know, in a way kind of sad, but in a way like the the necessity of life and convenience um, keep keeps things like cash, right? There's a lot of people in Mexico that are just totally unbanked. So cash is like an integral part of the society here. Um, and it's pretty much what I use anywhere I go. Um, and it's, you know, just practically speaking to, to remove cash from society here in Mexico would be a massive leap. It would be really difficult to do that. And you'd get a lot of resistance. I mean, you, you probably, the people would probably start protesting and rioting pretty quickly. Um, they love to march here. At least you get a lot of marches and a lot of protests. Monero UK just sell the eggs for dog consumption. Exactly. That's yeah. I guess it should have been. I like working. that raw milk workaround. Should be more clear about that. That's ex- precisely what uh, what we're doing here. So um, obviously, buy your own risk. These these are for for your pets, not to be consumed by humans. Although they're they're probably the, the best and healthiest eggs you possibly could have if you were to accidentally consume them. Uh, but yeah, no, these are eggs being sold for Monero for, for pets. There you go. Very cool. You know, one thing I wanted to mention, um, you said you got kind of a headache from working out. Um, if you, if you have like a few intense workouts in a row, um, one thing that can happen is like, and I'm not saying this is the case. Uh, it's happened to me a couple of times where like I have kind of an extra layer of fat because I've been living an unhealthy lifestyle, you know, for let's just say the past month or something. Um, and then when I shed that layer of fat, especially if I do it really quickly, um, you know, to like jump back into the gym, good, good diet, restricted calories. Um, if your body has stored any excess toxins inside that fat, that shit can come out and you into your bloodstream and your body could like get rid of that, um, kind of at one moment. So you'll kind of feel sick for, for almost, you know, maybe a day you'll have like a headache, like some flu like symptoms, but it'll usually pass within like 24 hours. 
Yeah, that could, well, I think, it, but it was an exertion thing, you know. I felt it was. I was lifting. I felt it while I was lifting the heavy weight, so it kind of huh. scared me a little bit. Like I was doing like leg press with like a ton of weight on it. Yeah, I was going to ask you what kind of um, exercises do you do? Yeah, I was. Do, I was doing legs. I was doing like uh, leg extension uh, for my for my hamstrings, like super high weight, and then I jumped straight from that to like a leg press with a lot of weight. I mean, a the lot. Legs. I think that explains it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah, those are always the ones that get me. Like I've only been sick maybe two or three times from lifting, and deadlifts were always involved. Yeah, I just can't do those super heavy anymore because of my ankle injury. Oh Um, shit! But yeah, deadlifts are the best if you can get sick. How's your ankle healing up? It's good. I mean, it just will never be the same. I can never go super heavy because I have that that cartilage issue, you know. So they they Mm. try they try doing what they can, but it will never be the same. So if I go super heavy, I'm just gonna re re injure it essentially i can't remember but did i ask you about did you get stem cells like was that part of the the operation no they didn't they took they took some um bone marrow out of my hip and they like uh, yeah. they use that um, yeah that's so i've heard i've heard that they've done that for quite a long time because bone marrow is is high in stem cells mm-hmm. um man you're really you, you might get a lot of um if you have any cartilage left at all um you might get a little bit of um, help from stem cells just injecting that joint. Yeah, maybe I'll try it out. I mean, what, unfortunately, the doctor said what he screwed up, well, not what he screwed up on, but he said it like the situation was a little worse than he expected. So he wasn't able to get the, the, the stem cell paste or whatever we're calling it, the whatever he put in the divot of that was missing there of cartilage. He wasn't able to get it to stay. He said it was like kind of like slipping out. Hmm. Uh, that, was, that was ultimately the issue. So, but whatever. I'll eat my eggs. I'll be good to go. <laughs> okay. Well, um, can you guys see my charts here? Yeah. Big, big okay. week in price, right? Yeah. Um, we have more divergent action between stocks and crypto. Gold pumped, stocks dropped. All week long, stocks dropped and, uh, and crypto pumped, which is, um, you know, kind of odd. So we'll, uh, I guess we'll take a look at all that. And then we've also got um, the yield curves are starting to, the inversion has like almost gotten back to zero. They're like massively correcting. Um, in fact, this was the biggest thing that kind of stuck out to me as I was reviewing the charts um, just this morning uh, is that, you know, we, we've been talking about this yield curve inversion coming back to normal. You've got all of the long term yields now that are starting to spike up pretty heavily while the short term yields are all still flat. Um, and you'd be surprised to know that this is um, this is very similar to what happened in 2008, um, where so here's 2008. Um, you'll notice that uh, we've kind of got this big dip happening. Uh, hang on, let me switch to uh, – there we go. got the brush. All right, so we had this big dip happening here, kind of flattened out, and then it uh, started coming to the upside. And so it was a similar thing where you had flat short-term yields for the most part. Um, in fact, and this time the short-term yields kind of dipped down while the long-term yields all dipped up. Now, that still wasn't the major crash. The major crash didn't happen until somewhere um, right around here is when it really started dropping. You know what? Maybe just to just to be more specific, let's just overlay the S and P 500. All right, the candles are the S and P 500. Um, I realize that's a little bit. Oh crap! Sorry about that. Got to put this. I got to pin this to a new um, to a new scale. Usually, there's an option that allows you to pin it to a new left scale. Okay, here we go. All right, the candles are the S and P uh, 500, and so you'll notice that. Um, it, it actually made like technically made a higher high, even as rates started dropping and even as um, the yield curve continued to correct back to uh, something more normal. 
Um, so again, this is this is starting to develop a similar pattern that we're seeing here today, um, as we saw back in uh, back in 2007. So it could still be until next year before like any major recession hits. You'll notice that like technically the green here is recession, the big green box. That's when the recession technically started per uh, whatever the government says, um, which is I guess that's close enough. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, we had we had this big correction where long term yields finally corrected back above the short term yields. Um, and then everything started coming down um, pretty, you know, just like substantially coming down as stocks topped out. And let's see how much of a difference was that? That would be 1,500 down to about um, 1,300. So that only looks like 15% drop, you know, at first. So it's not it's not a perfect comparison. Let's let's go back to um to current the current moment. So it's not a perfect comparison. Um, you've got a few things that are different, right? The uh, the federal funds rate is still slightly below um, the lines up here, uh, the, the short term yields. Um, but we do have this correction that's happening. Um, it hasn't actually, the, the long-term yields haven't actually gotten above the short-term yields yet, um, but we do have like, this This pattern continues to develop. So that's something, again, keep an eye on. It's a long-term pattern. Um, you know, just just keep your eye on that. Maybe once a week, uh, even once a month is a good thing to, to check out. Um, let's go ahead and take a look at crypto a little bit because that's kind of exciting. Um, volumes are on the bottom here. So this is the ETH BTC chart with combined volumes. And effectively, um, I mean, we haven't, you know, the, the combined mar market caps haven't really gotten back to their all-time highs, uh, the, or sorry, local highs, but um, Bitcoin um, actually has been looking pretty good. And you can see that on the bottom here, this is the GBTC premium, the, the discount. Um, so it's still negative. It's still at negative 12, but man, this thing keeps steadily closing, steadily closing. I think it's because people do expect that the um, the ETF is going to be approved. Um, the SEC lost their case against Grayscale lawsuit. Um, we talked about this, I think, maybe a month ago. Um, that Yeah, the, the, the court ruled, and then I think the SEC, they lost their appeal. Um, saying that, hey, you, you were acting uh, capriciously, you were acting, um, you were not like giving the proper consideration to the Grayscale application for a full spot ETF. And so that news is one of the big things that has caused this um, this gap to continue dropping. And this gap is something that we need to see continue to close um, to even hope for a bull market. As long as this thing remains negative, there's just no chance like that the, that the market is going to have like the kind of strength or even the psychology, like the, the sociology of it um, to, to convince people that, hey, it's time to get in the market. So um, that's a good sign for price. Uh, we'll put that away for now. Um, so Bitcoin right now, uh, let's see, that's the eight hour route. Okay, so even overnight we've had we've had some big movements. Let's go to the daily. So Bitcoin is currently breaking above this like very this very large triangle here. Um, so this line right here was kind of one of the last lines. I, I would say that you, the most shallow way you could draw the line just by cutting through that um, uh, cutting through the October November pump from 2021. And then you've kind of got like this big triangle uh, pattern that's forming here. And right now, Bitcoin looks like it's trying to break out of that. Um, if we look at the dominance, I'm sure that the dominance has got to be continuing to go up. Yeah, even in the last uh, day, uh, dominance continues to go up. One thing I would look at here and ask myself, is there the potential for a top? Um, we've got the, uh, all right, so there's kind of like the trend line at the moment. Uh, two point trend line is, isn't that significant, but uh, you know, it's, you could still draw it just to just to check it out. Um, but the thing in my mind that I'm looking at here are these these moving averages. You'll notice that this moving average cluster um, is uh, is kind of like that should be a significant resistance point. Although 
what you'll notice is that um, dominance got up to this area and then pulled back, and now it's um, it's encountering this very long-term um, moving average cluster again. So the way in which it's moving there gives it a higher chance to actually break through that. Um, so that's that's really like that's totally possible, and I do think that a lot of the hype um, <laughs> you got to give it to to Bitcoiners. Um, and maximalists, there's a big group of them, or they're the biggest group in crypto uh, of any coin. Um, and they really do a good job of shilling things that um, that are hype optimistic that might not be entirely grounded in reality. Um, so right now I'm talking about BitVM. Um, I'm talking about CTV. And um, CTV is actually very powerful. Um, the, the things I've looked at that it could potentially do seem very powerful. They're intuitively powerful. Um, the short way to describe it is that basically... If you want to send me funds, what I can do is construct a UTXO that has a whole bunch of future transactions built into it. So what I would do is I'd construct a whole bunch of future transactions to people that I want. I would hash the entire like mass of those transactions, um, and I would drop that hash into my UTXO receive address. So when someone sends me funds, now I've, I've basically encumbered how those funds can be spent. Now, that sounds kind of like, okay, cool, far out, bro, uh, really tech nerdy kind of stuff. But the kinds of things that it enables you to do um, are very powerful um, from like security, from the ability to have one UTXO that like has a future transaction that's a cold storage UTXO that's like that, that's that's never funds that have never been on chain. Um, and then you can also still at the same time split that UTXO out in future transactions by revealing them. And you can create like networks of transactions. And like it's it's interesting. It's like as with all layer two, there is complexity that is involved that's going to need to be solved um, if it's going to be useful. Um, and then um, let's see. Oh, and then BitVM. So BitVM is like their big thing. Like, oh, we can do anything. I can do anything you can do better um, <laughs> to uh, to Ethereum and any other contracts platform, which is ironic because, you know, just two months ago, they were telling us how horrible and awful contracts are and why everything should just be scripts instead. Uh, but now they can do everything that everyone else can. So all, apparently all those things are really awesome now. Um, so the thing is, they're like they're still constructing like little tiny things that work and they're trying to put the blocks together so that they can build more contracts. It's still an optimistic system like Lightning Network. You still have to come back to main chain and uh, and drop the proof of the thing that you did onto main chain. And you have to hope that the person is telling the truth. Otherwise, you've got to challenge them. And if not, um, there could be um, there could be these kinds of attacks like you see with Lightning Network, with like flood and loot. Um, it, but there's flood and loot's just like one type of Lightning Network attack um, where there's not enough main chain capacity to actually like settle the dispute on chain. And so you can get these different kinds of attacks that really have made um, Light Lightning Network difficult and cumbersome um, in ways for for developers. Um, in fact, just a couple of days ago, um, one of the like a long term Lightning Network developer was said, hey, we we implemented some mitigations for this. Um, I don't know if it was a pinning attack. I can't remember which one it was. He, he listed a whole bunch of them in this kind of write up. And he said, listen, we've 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 made mitigations for these, but advanced attackers could still take people's funds. And so he said, hey, I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to work on Lightning Network anymore. Um, I feel like these problems are fundamental and I'm not sure we can ever resolve them. But if I'm wrong, maybe someone can correct me or show me exactly where I'm wrong. But for now, I'm going to quit working on Lightning Network de development. But anyways, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Anyways, so the point is that. Um, Regardless of like the reality of the situation, how difficult the implementation is going to be, you've got this new thing in Bitcoin and people are really excited about it. And even though it's probably going to take like three to six years to actually build anything that might be useful. And even though you've got the danger that everything's going to crash, that doesn't matter. A lot of the hype and shilling is still going on. And I think that's a big part of um, 
of helping to send Bitcoin um, dominance uh, significantly higher. But as we talked about before, I think the fact that FTX is not here to rescue shitcoins um, is a big deal. I think the fact that Binance is on the ropes um, is also a factor in that. So it's, you know, because, I mean, obviously FTX and Binance, like their primary thing is is um, is shitcoins, shilling shitcoins. So anyways, um, yeah, Bitcoin before right you, now. Price. Before you move on. So, yeah, what do you think about this LN thing? This get this uh, dev that came out and said he saw, um, you know, critical, critical issues with it is is. Does it look like that's legit? Is... I mean, I think so. I've that's like kind of been my primary complaint about Lightning Network for a very long time is that fundamentally, with small blocks and constrained block space, you are susceptible to attacks the moment that anyone actually starts using Bitcoin. And um, we saw with the explosion of um, of ordinals and how when the fees went up, and it doesn't matter that it was ordinals; it could have been for any reason. But when fees spiked up back in um, March or April, you saw like. 20% or 15% of Lightning Network uh, Bitcoin just got like, it just left. Um, and you saw like these different kinds of attacks and suddenly people are saying, oh, wow, it's dangerous. And we're like, yeah, some of us have been saying this for a very long time. There are these, the fundamental problem is that when you have an optimistic system, you need block space to resolve any potential disputes if someone tries to take your funds. Because um, effectively, like I can lie and close the channel in an old state where I have the funds like I sent them to you, but then I try to close the channel in, in a state before I sent them to you. You need to be able to get on chain to do that. I think that this lightning, um, uh, Riard, what's his name? I can't remember. Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, someone Riard. He's, he's been, he's been on lightning network for like four years. Let me look it up here because I posted about it. Uh, Rit, uh, Antoine, <laughs> Antoine, Antoine. He's the guy, who, Antoine Riard. He's the guy who's leaving the project, right? Yeah, he's the guy saying, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm my my involvement with the Lightning Network development is I'm going to halt my my involvement there." Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's legit. I think it's just a dude saying, "Hey, you know, many of these types of attacks that generally involve mempool congestion, although the most recent attack didn't involve mempool congestion." He said the 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 attack vector was like, "Hey, you can do this even without mempool mempool congestion." Um and they they solved like the the easy attack vector but he said, listen, we still haven't we still can't solve like an advanced attacker could still drain funds from Lightning Network. Um, and there's like just all these these attacks that have been documented. They've tried to fix them, but they're they're mitigations. They're not real fixes. They're all like mitigations that make it harder. But um, they involve quite a lot of hoop jumping. I think it's legit. Um, I, I mean, I, a lot of us have been complaining uh, for years that that these kinds of attacks are going to be possible. And that if you ever had a significant amount of funds in Lightning Network, that this would happen. I've been saying for years, like, hey, just just prove it to me, right? Like, get show me show me five hundred thousand Bitcoin in Lightning Network, show me two hundred thousand Bitcoin in the Lightning Network, and have it not not be faint, uh, funds not be drained or attacked for let's just say a year or two. If we see that, and you can actually get onto Lightning Network and everything's still functioning, well, then maybe I'll actually become a little bit of a believer. But I want to see the actual proof of it in the wild that it's actually working and not susceptible. Um, and so far, we just haven't seen that because no one's adopting it. Probably in part because of these problems and because lightning network is just cumbersome in general. Um, you could ask, uh, you could ask Seth for more info on that. He actually plays with lightning network. I just, you know, I just read the people that play with lightning network and, and the, you know, some of these papers and attacks and whatnot. So my, my knowledge is more theoretical on that, but Seth would be able to give like really good, um, hardcore knowledge on his experience. Um, so but you, but you, don't see, you don't see it becoming uh FUD that actually affects Bitcoin price and outlook. No, no. At the, at, for the meantime, no, not at all. Um, one of the things that so you got CTV right now is uh, that they, they need a soft fork. They they need a new op code, um, op check template verify. 
So the the thing where you're like constructing a bunch of future transactions and taking that hash and embedding that hash into your, it's like embedding it into your UTXO or something like that. I, I'm sure that's probably not the exact mechanism, but you can think of it like that. Like colloquially, that's fine. Um, that would that's like a template of transactions. That hash is your template, and so check template verify um, effectively is the soft fork that they need to do that. Um, I'm sorry, what was your question? <laughs> ask, ask that again. No, I was I was just saying, you know. Do you see this potentially actually affecting Bitcoin's outlook and price, this FUD? Oh, yeah, the Lightning Network, no. So with Check Template Verify and with these like BitVM and stuff, you've got this like new renewed promise that channel factories um, could could become a real thing, right? Instead of, because that's another big complaint. How do you actually onboard the world? Even Taj Dreija and Joseph Poon are like, have explained the math on this that you need like 50, 100, maybe 150 megabyte blocks to actually onboard the world to Lightning Network. Um, which um, Bitcoiners, you know, I feel like I was a part of that push for the last year to like try and force them to admit that you can't actually, you know, you can't actually onboard the world. And they kept saying channel factories and like, what, what channel factories, what are you talking about? And uh, they could never give a, a real answer, but you could actually, there's the promise with CTV and BitVM that you could potentially construct massive channel factories that one transaction opens a lot of channels for say a thousand, uh, a million people at once. Um, and that each of these people could individually leave um, that massive channel opening without forcing everyone else to close. Um, that promise now exists, and there's probably quite a few different constructions. The ones I've read, I haven't, I say once, I think I've read two. Um, I haven't been convinced. Those don't look to me like the game theory on them doesn't sound right to me. It doesn't smell right. It sounds like there's weaknesses and sort of like this hoop, again, hoop jumping and monkey dancing that you have to do to try and get the thing to actually work and be reliable, um, which is why I wonder. So anyways, no, I don't think it's going to affect price. None of this technical stuff matters. It doesn't affect price because Bitcoiners don't care about technical stuff. They just care that someone wrote a paper. I shouldn't say Bitcoiners because a lot of them are, are Monero people too. So um, let me go with maximalists. Sorry, sorry guys. I didn't mean to um, to uh, trash anyone that's, um, you know, that's pluralistic in their thinking. Um, but anyways, maximalists, and that's a big part of like the loudest group. They don't care about that stuff. They don't pay attention. They just see someone wrote a paper that said you can do Turing completeness, and they don't understand it's an optimistic system. They don't understand the complexities involved with the implementation, and that it's going to be years before you actually see like real products that are probably like practically useful. And then still, even then, those are going to be simple products, not complex ones. Um, so, but they're really good at the game of get out there and talk about it and get everyone excited and pump the price. Um, and then of course, you know, the guys kind of behind the scenes love to leverage those social moments to, to pump price when they can. So right now, I think there's a lot of that involved with price going on here with Bitcoin, um, with the price pump. There's, you know, there's the promise of the new things that, that could be coming. Um, and there's also just the anti-correlation that we see with the stock market. Like stocks have gone down. Uncertainty is creeping up. We see the gold price. Um, let's go to the gold price. You know, gold price has, has really like could this be any more scammy? They just like smash it down and then suddenly come back up, right? This this smash down here was um, it's got that's got to be artificially induced to to some form or another, uh, and then it just like massively came back up. So hopefully, if you were looking to get some gold, some Pax G or some uh, physical or whatever, you know, like I said down here, I was like, hey, twenty twenty to thirty percent that would be responsible to get. Um, you know, we might come down to this area, but with this with this um with this reaction to the upside. And I, I wouldn't necessarily expect that gold's going to make it down here now. Like that's very strong action. Um, it is kind of at resistance, right? You've got the gold price sitting here um, at the upper standard deviation bands. Plus you've also got, let's go to the weekly. Um, plus you've got kind of like this long-term line um, that you can draw. And I guess we got to go to the monthly. Let me turn off the wave magic. 
it takes makes the charts take forever to load when we do that. Um, yeah, so then you've got kind of like this other uh, this other important line right here. And you'll notice I, I kind of have it drawn two different ways because you've got the top of the wicks um, for the very, very top line. But then you've also kind of got like the um, I do it where it's like either it's the close price. In this case, it'd be the monthly close price or you at least get two wicks that are in the neighborhood of that area. Right. So this is actually a connection point because you've got really three. You got one two, three wicks here. So even though the close price was down here, it's kind of like, yeah, but you got three times and three months got up to that same area. So that, that really kind of, in my mind, is a place to draw a line. And then obviously you've got the, the close price here as well. So that's where price is currently sitting um, at this big green dildo that we had for, for the past month uh, of really three weeks of October. Um, so I think that it's possible that Bitcoin and crypto is currently starting to act a little bit like gold. Um, I think that I think the realization is starting to set in to the market. People are starting to say, hey, the Fed is is like recently this week, the Fed talked about how they're probably not going to raise interest rates because of um, because the bond yield curve, the way that that this yield curve is is working out um, where all these long term yields are pumping up. Um, Jay Powell said that um, Jay Powell, the prime ghoul himself, said that uh, the way that yields are pumping is effectively acting as kind of like a. Um, a rate hike in and of itself. And so that there's no need for them to, to hike rates. So um, they, they've got a, week, uh, a meeting coming. It's not next week. I think it's in like 10 days. Yeah. So it won't be next week. It'll be the week after. Um, so they'll probably hold rate steady there. Maybe they'll get one more rate hike. But the point is that I think the market is starting to realize that um, the Fed is about done raising rates um, and that, uh, you know, we're kind of like topping off here and everyone like the market has had a, like two decades to digest the way that these moves happen. The Fed hikes rates, comes to a flat top, the yield curve corrects back to normal and then things go into a recession and the stock market falls. And I think that people are starting to become antsy that that a recession could be around the corner. The stock market has been quite optimistic um, for quite a long time, but um, it certainly didn't do that that good this week. Um, and. Oh, one thing I wanted to show you guys was the comparison to when the war in Ukraine started. So this vertical line right here, um, that was the date of the Russian invasion. That's when the Russians invaded Ukraine. And what you'll notice is that you got like it basically the day that they invaded was a big green dildo to the upside. The market had gapped down um, on, on a Wednesday. And then the news of the Ukraine invasion sent the markets up, you know, fucking the war pig trade. Uh, and then there was kind of like this uh, reversal to the downside and then like another big pump. Now, that's dangerous to try and just like, you know, overlay the price action. Um, but we had a very similar thing that just happened uh, right now. Um, so you got like basically near the bottom. And then the Israel thing happened on uh, October 6th, I believe it was. Was it October 6th, the fr Friday? Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was the 7th or maybe it was the 8th. I could be wrong about that. Anyways, the timing is, you know, still somewhat slightly congruent. Um, I mean, it's like, again, with the fact that um, we know that these guys affected, like Israel stood down. They knew that the attack was coming. They wanted it to come. It's like the dancing Israelis of 9-11. They were very aware of it. It's like when Netanyahu said that 9-11 was good for Israel, um, like they knew it was coming, at least at, at certain levels. Um, so anyways, <clears throat> stock markets pumped on the Israel war, uh, the, and the, the Palestine war, or I should say probably, um, uh, Gaza war. Uh, I don't, the West bank doesn't seem to be involved. I don't hear that in the news anywhere anyways, but things kind of came back down to, to their starting point. Um, maybe this, like these, these lines, these dotted lines you see, um, these should be like pretty strong resist, uh, support, uh, support lines in general. 
Um, and you'll notice like even price, like right here where the war broke out and right here um, are pretty like pretty similar levels. Um, so uh, that's just kind of like a um, an interesting thing to keep in the back of your mind here. If you're if you're a stock trader, um, you still kind of got this support line, which technically has been broken down. But stocks like you'll notice like stocks can break down these lines all the time. This thing could could rebound to the upside next week. Um, I think the head and shoulders is still kind of in play. Um, it's at least for the S&P, right? Uh, shoulder, shoulder, breakdown, retesting the neckline, and then now it's come back down. Um, that That's not like, this is not good action in general for the S&P. I would still say your higher risk is to the downside more. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, I, you know, maybe uh, maybe they'll figure out a way to, to pull a rabbit out of a hat or something. And you've got the same kind of action here. Oh, wait, that's the S&P, uh, NASDAQ. Um, so the NASDAQ is actually quite a bit more optimistic, but it's still like, it's still basically failed at where you would expect it to fail, right? So this, this uptrend line here, this, this big channel, um, that we've talked about now for a while, uh, you know, this channel right here and saying, Hey, really the market's got ahead of itself. And to get back into this channel is probably healthy, long-term sustainable price action with minimal inflation. So it does seem to me like that's important, um, that that needs to happen. So, um, right now, Bitcoin price is looking optimistic, but you know, to me, this isn't quite confirmed. Like you'll notice I got quite a few lines drawn here on this downsloping resistance. Um, again, let's take a look at that just really quick, right? You can see that tested it there, testing it here again. The fact that it's testing it twice in a row like that, kind of like boom, down, uh, held support, and then boom, come up to the upside. You really want to see this thing break and then hold this, this area here. Um, if it does not, that's bad price action and signals um, a move to the downside. So because what you got here is a descending, a descending triangle. Um, these kinds of descending triangles, like if price were to come back down into this range here and then do something like that, you could expect this thing to break to the downside if that happens. That would be like that would be a very clear sign. That would be a very clear chart pattern in my mind um, to probably even take a short. So you really like you really need to see the Bitcoin price break out here and then hold it for the next at least week. Like I want to see this thing close next week um, above this, like if we're going to try and put the bull trade on the table. Now, if it does that, I'm probably going to have to go 50 50 and start getting exposure um, to the market uh, or a little bit more exposure to the market just to make sure that I, I don't miss out in case this thing decides to pump some more. Um so, oh, Ethereum, uh, Ethereum versus Bitcoin. Yeah, Ethereum's been losing. It's broken down this, um, this, uh, descending wedge. You know, I had some other lines drawn on here and I, I don't know where they went. Maybe I, did I, um, put them somewhere else perhaps? No. I've got to figure out where those lines went. Um, I meant to, <laughs> I meant to do that, uh, yesterday and I just forgot to get around to it. Okay. Uh, so that's about all we have except for obviously Monero. Um, now, Monero, uh, Monero Bitcoin kind of as Bitcoin is pumped, Monero has broken down, um, from like, we kind of made it out of this pump thing. We still seem to be capped off, you know, by this like horizontal area of significance. You'll notice that we have the, um, that we got this line drawn as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like this. It, it does make the fact that Monero doesn't go along with Bitcoin does make me a bit more suspicious, but at the same time, I have to ask myself, okay, you see the GBTC premium closing. Who's buying that up? it's probably some institutional investors and those guys probably aren't interested in Monero. So I would normally want to say, Oh, well, Monero isn't going along with Bitcoin. So is, is this fakery? But when you consider the GBT, GBTC premium closing back to zero from being so negative, I've got to think that um, I've got to think that, that there is a significant organic component to that, even though it doesn't seem to be represented in Monero. Um, 
One thing that we did see that's kind of like really disappointing is the Monero dominance. Like we really want to break this line and it's kind of like, you know, almost broke it, almost confirmed it. And then, uh, you know, kind of came back to the downside here. So, um, you know, maybe we can look at um, what we can do is take XMR, which is the market cap of Monero. Um, all right, let's take that. There's two XMRs, so I don't know why it always does this. You have to type it the long way. Uh, crypto cap. Crypto cap XMR divided by total two. All right, so what we're going to look at, we're going to exclude Bitcoin. We're going to take a look at how Monero is doing relative to total market cap. Um, and right now, like, it's it's hard to, I need to draw some lines. Um, I need to examine this chart a little bit more. Um, maybe we could turn on some wave magic. Perhaps it's it's not going to work. Maybe we might need to um, do like a multiplication thing here. Uh, times, let's just say a million. Yeah, here we go. Um, so yeah, Monero's, but overall in general, like for the past, let's just call it a few months, Monero's been holding its own relative to basically everything else, right? To the rest of the crypto market um, market cap, uh, Monero's been doing just fine, right? So we're we're still kind of like holding in the upper area here. So overall, like Monero's still like been a, a pretty good coin to hold. Um, we've got XMR, Ethereum um, is uh, has been, you know, going up, like doing pretty good. So uh, the other thing that we've got here is Monero versus the dollar, obviously, but there's not much to talk about here. Um, volumes have have been falling for quite a long time. Um, you know, I don't like to see this. The the white here is the four week. Uh, we're on the weekly chart, so the white line here is the is it a four week? I think it's a four week moving average of volume. Uh, five week moving average. So, um, yeah, we've our volumes are like are pretty low. Um, this is Kraken, obviously. So the the primary place you would trade Monero for fiat on on an exchange is is Kraken. So, um, but yeah, price hasn't really done much. So there's not much to talk about with Monero US dollar. We have been going up with the rest of the crypto market. So that's nice. Um, really, again, this kind of area uh, is a place that you could expect resistance, kind of like it happened here. Um, and a lot of crypto charts look like this. You've got these, um, you've got the long-term standard deviation bands and you just see ranging. It's just up and down, up and down, up and down. At some point, this will break out. Um, you know, our hope is obviously that it breaks out to the upside. Um, but uh, yeah, right now it's just kind of, it's light positive action. Things look op optimistic for crypto. Things look pessimistic for stocks um, and things look optimistic for gold, even though gold is kind of at a bit of a resistance right here. So um, that would be, that would be kind of my, my summary overall here today. So that's all I got for you. All right, buddy. Thank you as always. So, so, oh. so not much, not much Monero action as usual. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Monero is kind of, you know. Stable coin, stable coin area. Someone asked me here, um, XMR Pirate, last time. So Congress bought into defense stocks for Israel, got attacked. I need to go check that source. It was, um, uh, I saw like the, like a PDF or a screenshot of, um, of the report, but, um, there's like some kind of report that gets generated. I've seen the report before, um, like looked at the link and like, oh shit, okay, this is like an official report. I didn't look at this one. I just like, okay, I just assumed that, that, um, the screenshot was good enough. It could be fake news, bro. Um, I haven't checked into it personally, so uh, maybe I should do that. I'll try and I'll try and remember to do that this week. All right, it's definitely. Can you stick around today? Because I'd love to get your input on what we saw with the uh, what was it? it? Was the U.S. Treasury that came out right? Yeah. Um, um, was it the? It was um, no. It was FinCEN. FinCEN issued yes, a recommendation sir. for rules that they want to see made, and. Um, very broad language. They they seem to just be getting more general and broad with their language as time goes on. Yeah, would love to uh, get your input on that. What you think? I mean, you, you do you foresee any any potential impact on on price? Or are you starting to see? You know, are we seeing any inklings of that? I mean, obviously, obviously not, right? When we when we look at the price here, but 
Um, if would, it gets implemented, I don't think that that would be a huge price impact. Um, to me, it kind of just looks like more of the same. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. You it sounds like you had another question. Well, is it, is it because you feel like that that sentiment is already priced in? Like those who are are already scared of that potential reality are already out of the Monero market, whereas those that are in Monero using Monero don't really care, right? Where they're they're ready for whatever may happen. Yeah, exactly. Like, and even like in, across the broader crypto ecosystem, they've been issuing these legal kinds of attacks since um, like since the beginning of the year. Uh, since March, since February. So uh, I think that any new news like this is, it's not like hugely impactful, especially because it's FinCEN just issuing a rules recommendation at the moment. Um, It's not actually like requiring anyone to do anything. So, um, and I think by the time that might get implemented as a rules recommendation, um, it's funny how news will be one time in one scenario, it'll be contribution to the downside and another scenario, it'll be bullish. So Hypothetically, if this gets implemented, say, a year from now and these legal problems start getting resolved and you start seeing ETFs and you start seeing institutional FOMO, uh, you know, narratives hit the hit the news again. Um, this news with FinCEN, once they actually make the rule and actually say, hey, y'all need to implement this within two years. What you'll see is people say, oh, my gosh, regulation. Finally, the Wild West days of crypto are over and the, the, the institutionals can get in and they can adopt organically and we can see our bags pump to the moon, which is, you know, all the maximalist ever wants to see anyways. And I mean, maximalist across every coin. All right. All right, buddy. Thank you so much. Cool. I'll stick around, bro. Hope to hear from you later. Cool. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. All right. right. I guess we'll do a dev report next. Yeah. Let's do it. And now for the Monero development segment. Hey, what's up, guys? Comrade, what's going on? Well, uh, as I already told you before the before the stream started, I kind of scratched my eyes out during my sleep. So, Jesus, that was nice waking up today. We, we, we got to get you Monero mittens or put Monero socks. Yeah, on your head. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. All right. Well, well. Uh, hopefully. You can you can perform today. It's, um, there, there, there's some big news, right? We've we've had some big news this week. Yeah, there's big news, and uh, those are involving uh, a need of knowledge and see which I really don't have. So, I'll I'll just say the news, and I'll include uh, credits for the links. Yeah, so, you don't have to get super detailed in terms of uh, how things function on, on the on the most basic level uh just kind of give us give us an overview and understanding more so for the noobs right like what the impact is of these changes particularly with sure. the random sure so there's random max updates uh to v.2 v1.2 sorry and uh on our gui uh that's that's code name is fluorine for me is 0.18.3.1 so uh yeah th- these are really the the um, the most complicated updates that I don't understand either. Ah. So the, 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 the GCC uh, 13 compilation is basically, I, I think uh, Monero had some bugs during the compilation for the C GCC compiler. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even know it had a GCC 13. Uh, for the uh, optimized Jandamax Reciprocal and the uh, JIT compiler, it got... Uh, 
update it from 64 bits to 32 bits. I don't know why they did that. Do do any of these changes have anything to do with trying to uh, you know further further improve the the ASIC resistance aspects of, of RandomX? I assume they do, right? Um, I don't think so. I, I think that that really uh, improved with with some of the uh, surface updates. And I, I, I know, so basically, you know, there was the ant miner uh, that was featuring ARM uh, CPU. Mm-hmm. And the way I don't think that uh, this has anything anything to do with ASIC resistance is because the JIT compiler for RISC W, or I am RISC V is, RISC V is an ARM architecture. So they're basically kind of helping ARM CPUs to, to function better. Right. I, I mean, it's probably for Macs and, and other stuff, but that helps uh, the N-minor X5s too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe... Um, uh, and, maybe. And, and for example, Raspberry Pis too, so... Okay. Yeah, if, any, if anybody has deeper technical knowledge on what the implications of these things are... Uh, it's mostly they, just architectural changes and fixes for compilation yeah. of random X. So, like, if you're building it from source, it's just fix, very fixed yeah, for that mainly. mostly. Okay, so no, so no real impact on how how it functions and uh, no, no impact on the uh, on the AC protection whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. Well, good um, to see development nonetheless. Uh, we'd we'd love to get Tevador back on the show at some point. Yeah. I, I we we, we need to reach him somehow. He does the most complicated updates. Well, I mean, the repo is his kind of. So, <laughs> okay. So, Florian for me updates for GUI. The daemon uh, improved the, the ring CT cache. Basically, added it so the last uh, eight thousand nine uh, eight thousand one ninety two rings uh, ring CT signatures are are cached. So that speeds up uh, block propagations. Uh, here's a bit of a feature here. So this is without the ring CT, and this is the with the ring CT uh, update. So it's basically, oh wow, a, yeah, and, and here's the block tests. So these are really, really high. So oh. th- th- just to be, this is for the for the new this is for the GUI, right? For the uh, yeah, for the GUI daemon. Okay, so, so the that, background process of it. It's effectively running faster. Yes. Very cool. Uh, they have refactored the Rx slow hash uh, function, the code, and uh, added the the Monero RandomX. Full uh, environment uh, variable or value to uh, make the uh, GUI forcefully use the uh, full Monero dataset for the POV verification, POW verification that produces the uh, block uh, verifying, of course, faster. Okay. Uh, If I say uh, V sometimes is is because the, in Hungarian, the W is just basically V. V. We pronounce it like that too. So, Oh yeah, in Polish too. Yep. Yeah, uh, there was problems with the peer discovery pingback, so some peers didn't really pingback on their own, so they fixed that. And uh, I don't know what Dandelion is, so of course, again, we need Tavador for that. Does anyone know or yeah, can can anyone uh, reach him? Uh, we'll try to get him on. I mean, Dandelion plus plus is 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 basically what's. I'm, Tux, you could probably better explain this than me, but is is what's used to uh, on a on a network level um, disguise uh, where Monero transactions are propagating from. 
Yeah, it tries to to hide like uh, the IP address and stuff like that. It tries to obscure network level stuff. Thank you. So, I, I don't know what the what that had to do with the GUI, but yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah it's it's the daemon of the GUI. So there, there's the GUI wallets. The, there's the daemon that that's running in the background. For example, fetching uh, node stuff uh, that that you don't see by eyes. All right, so and, the rest, and, rest and, rest and of course there's there's the wallets. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's uh, some DNS resolution uh, bugs that was fixed in this update. So some hosts uh, probably didn't resolve well, and they, they fixed that. Oh, Handehausen, hello. Uh, and they, of course, did, did a cleanup for the whole update, and uh, they added new seed nodes, which, which I will uh, get here quick. One second. Oh, I have the link in there. Uh... Underhouse is saying, I think the RandomX update was the first step to improve verification time and proof-of-work process. Probably. One second. And I'll show you the new uh, seed nodes. So here they are, thanks to Pausov. What is this now? So these are the new confirmed uh, IPv4s uh, of the online nodes, and these are the uh, ITP and the, the Tor nodes, of course. So these are the basic... Seed nodes, I think that's uh, the uh, that your own Monero node uh, connects from the beginning to get the uh, block updates and for the fetching. So, like the uh, the air quote root nodes, I guess you could say. Yes, yes. yes. So those were updated. Yes. Why? why is I, that- I, I, I mean, they, they are confirmed to be online. Okay. Okay, and uh, there was a problem with uh, Trezor connectivity issues on Windows 11 uh, 23.23H2, no, so they fixed those. Uh, and the Monero blockchain stats uh, omitted data from the final day uh, some way. Uh, of course, they updated to OpenSSL uh, 1.1.1T, so that's some security updates right there. So we were on OpenSSL, I think, 1.0, and they updated to 1.1.t. The minor bug fixes, which they don't mention, and I couldn't really get info on. And here comes some happy announcements. So here are the current pro- projects that, that we can look out for. Uh, of course, you sp- you've spoken with Luke. Uh, he will come on the show sometime. He doesn't really know when because he works delivery and uh, he works like 70 hours a week. He needs to find an IT job, but he can't. So anyone who has some looking into jobs or is an HR, please let him or me know so I can tell him he's based in Virginia. And as as we talked about it... What were the other projects you had on there? Go back. Sorry, what? Go back to... Oh, Monero, so, uh, Monero payment request standard. Yeah, they. Uh, so he updated the the way that subscription wallet works, and uh, it has the. So you, you know there there was a code which you had to paste in to make donations frequently, and he updated that uh, protocol. Awesome. And uh, as as I told you about it next week, we hit three million uh, block heights. So. I don't know who did the clap soundboard, but can we get that again? Yeah. <laughs> Three million, all right. Yeah. 
the sad thing is that we really are uh, going down in hash rate. So before last week, it was like 3.3. Then last week, it's 3.16 and now 2.71. I, I think it's because they are... Uh, the N-minor uh, is tuning lower on their testing for the X5. Maybe in the future, it well, will increase. Well, I think that's just general trend, like weekly trend. It kind of goes yeah, up. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hard to on a weekly basis. It's hard to really gauge. But, but with the transactions, we are going up and up. So last week on the thirteenth, it, uh, it was like twenty three thousand, and now the, now the twentieth, twentieth, it's twenty four thousand five hundred. So for a node amount, I couldn't get any more new info. The Monroe that fail uh, slash map website is is still saying this amount. Of nodes. So, if anyone knows a more precise website to look for the node count, please let me know. Yeah, I don't know, Tux. What? What do you? You have any thoughts there? Where, where's the best? Best? How's the best way to kind of figure out how uh, many nodes are out there? I think Monero fail, right? Yeah, uh, it's it's displaying this same amount for over two weeks now. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah. yeah. Maybe not. That's weird. I think it's really hard to. Yeah. So. How how they do it is they have a node with like unlimited uh, peers uh, set, so they are using a recursive algorithm to count the nodes. I mean the peers connected to oh, their that. Makes sense. Not a mm. great way, but it's a way. Yeah. I guess there's really no good way. Yeah. All right. uh, after all, this is Monero, so we don't want it to be so public. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, comrade, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. And we will we'll keep moving. Let's uh let's get let's get the viewers on stage up here and then we'll yeah. keep, we got a bunch of new stories to go over. Yes, thank you, Conrad. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh programming guy said, Oh wow, ARM sixty four and risk five support. This is pretty cool because there was not building support for ARM and risk five for um random X before and Antminer actually like they ported random x to risk five because there was no official support for compiling it so i guess that's that's partially why they went out of their way and had support for it <clears throat> hmm. okay good explanation so um all right yeah let's let's get uh if anybody wants to come up comment on anything they've seen so far and then we'll get the news going you guys can chime in on the news it's the viewers on stage segment it's that time where we invite you the viewers up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today ask the guest a question or maybe talk about one of the news topics come on down all right we got drunk dial me he hasn't been on in a while alaska or alex Anarco and shortwave surfer what's going on guys what's up drunk dial me is he there hello is it just me, or did the hash rate like have a, like, a super spike here recently? Because I've noticed that my miner has been a little bit less profitable, and I looked, and it seems like the hash rate spiked from like two giga hash, like two and a half or two point four, whatever giga hash, to like three and almost three and a half, like real quick. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Is it today or or when? When? Um, it's been in the past week or so. Yeah, uh, the last week had like 3.3, 3.5 uh, gigahashes. We've dropped now to 2.7. Okay. Yeah, it's gone down a decent amount over the past week. Yeah, no, no idea what that what that's from. Drunk dial me. What's going on? Oh, and also someone yeah. in the chat, someone in the chat said uh, they just googled it, and the U.S. Department of Agriculture requires the eggs to be washed. Oh well, 
luckily we'll, we'll only be selling them for for pet consumption so yeah we, we should be good there uh alex and Arco, you there yes i am what's up how you doing I'm doing great, and I want to use this opportunity to be on stage uh, to pitch a meetup that I'm organizing. Oh, please do. Can I present uh, yes. my screen? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So um, for those who know me, they know I'm really into developing stuff for Monero and around Monero. And so I coded a little website for the meetup. You are using Brave too. Nice. Yes. Uh, so this is the website for the meetup. You can go to moneroof.info. OF is short for Offenbach, where the meeting or the meetup will uh, take place. This is very close to Frankfurt um, am Main, which is like a very big airport. So I hope there's going to be... Um, a lot of foot traffic that may be interested in the meetup. And it's uh, scheduled on the 9th of November, so in about three weeks. It's a, a Thursday evening. We start around 6 o'clock. Uh, we will open the doors, and then I guess around 7, I will give a short talk about Monero. I don't know about what topic yet. And then we will have a Q&A or open discussion and just hang out. And of course, uh, pizza and beer will be included. For beer, my employer, where the uh, meeting is uh, taking place, is kind enough to sponsor it. And pizza will be sponsored by um, Vic from Cake Wallet, who has also said that he will do a giveaway. So, yeah, I'm just really excited. And for all the people who live in Germany and may be able to make it, you can uh, join one of these channels here. So I created a simple X chat group where you can join anonymously, you know, SimpleX, you don't have to uh, provide a phone number or email address. It's completely um, yeah, without user ID. Then there is meetup.com, which I created a group just for visibility. I know uh, it's yeah not as privacy friendly as SimpleX, let's say. And I also have an email address and it would, it would be super cool for people who plan on showing up to just uh, let me know so I can kind of get a a grasp of how many people there will be. And yeah, I also created an RSS feed that you can subscribe to. This is basically just for me uh, to push out new stuff if the meetup.com uh, thing doesn't work out. And yeah, that's that's about it. Beautiful. So th this is uh, this is the first Monero meetup in, in yes. Germany? No. Yeah. Well, not really. I mean, there's been meetups uh, in Room 77 in Berlin, but uh, with Corona, they the room kind of closed down and uh, stopped operation. So the meetup also stopped. And yeah, right now I don't think there is really any any meetup. But um, we from the conference, so we got a group of Germans there, and um, like you've had some of them on the program before, like Hundehausen or uh, Alex Schmidt. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we're kind of connecting now, and just want to give the space for the community to connect and hang out. Fantastic. Out of, out of context question, what OS and what desktop environment do you use? I use um, NixOS, actually, with uh, Qtile as a tiling window manager. <laughs> hmm, I never heard, it, heard of it, but nice. Oh, Nix is cool. Yeah, and really uh, the, the DE. Uh, the DE is really cool because Qtile can be configured in 
Python. So for me, this was a very easy way not to learn like another configuration language or syntax. Oh, then I'm switching immediately. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. And it supports Wayland as well. So, but I'm still on uh, X11 here. Awesome. I gotta, right, I gotta, gotta ask before you go. I mean, what, what's your feel? Or is there is there growing Monero Monero adoption in Germany? Um, yes, but I also feel it's really like um, spread out and not really coordinated. Which I mean, it's totally fine. But I think it's also great, like with conference, so just to meet other like-minded people and like have that in-person interaction because it's just like it's really irreplaceable. Um, Virtual is sure. cool and all, but meet space is also really nice. Definitely, definitely for for what we're trying to do here too, right? Because it's all about building up a community of people that essentially that want to opt out. Uh, so, so the, so the more we commiserate, meet each other, uh, the more powerful that that becomes. I always I always ask people in Germany how how's it looking with Monero because I, I just feel like it's it's the perfect society for early adopter. Uh, adoption, given the the strong usage of cash there and the hey, importance of cash. Hey, hog. What you yeah, I mean, you would think so, but on the other hand, the German people are somehow very obedient towards authority, and um, I'm a little bit more like on the pessimistic side when it comes to that. But there is also like there's very bright minds here and very great engineers and. I think the tradition of German ingenuity, um, like when you look at the stuff that comes out of Germany from people that I've never heard of, like, for example, this uh, Monero-chan um, Plüsch doll, like I thought it was so cool, or what uh, Hundehausen is doing with like the Monero suite where you can configure your stuff. So, yeah, I think it's just about... Um, connecting the people and i think there is more than you would expect but who... all right so anyway right. i gotta jump out i'm uh, cooking again the domain for this website here is moneroof.info and um yeah the meeting all is right on the night. thank you matt thanks for jumping on give us the update yeah. and yeah happy to spread the word very cool. exciting um comrade if if you if you don't mind can you can you exit? Because we have, I think, our special guest that's trying to jump on, and our backstage is too too full. Uh, sorry, well, so, sorry. Can you repeat? Uh, if if you don't mind exiting the stream, um, just because we have too many people, and I'm trying to get uh, our special guest to join. Yeah, sure. All right. Sorry um, about that. <laughs> See no, it's the backstage. It's, yeah, yeah, we got twelve people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no one else can join. Yeah, I'm I'm leaving. See ya. Or Alaska Anon, if you want to jump jump off, comrade. I mean, comrade, you could stay up, I guess, because uh, they're just kind of hanging out backstage and not up there. Oh, Alaska uh, Anon, Alaska Anon jumped out, and I think. Hopefully, now our guests can join. Hopefully, now our guests join. <laughs> um, all right, you, we, do we want to run the new run through the news while we wait for our guests to come up? I just messaged them to try joining again. Um, it's up to you. Yeah, let's do. Well, and Andres, I don't know how much time you have. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to. Okay, he's he's giving the thumbs right. up. Yes, yeah, so Tony, let's 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 do the news. Tony, you're good to go. You could jump up. Everybody's on stage. You could stay on stage, and we'll we'll wait for our guests. And hopefully, when the news wraps up, uh, he'll be ready to jump on. Hey guys. <laughs> hey, right. Tony. What's hey, going on? let me run hey. that segment. Yeah. And now for our weekly news segment. 
All right. Okay, everybody. Um, my room is a mess because I'm moving stuff around, so there's not going to be any camera. <laughs> no worries. So let's. Um, and I'm back in the U.S. now, so we should. Oh, okay. Welcome back. Thank you. Oh my God, the, the the flight was so long. It was like a whole twenty plus hour <laughs> operation. Oh yeah, you had a, you had a transfer in a couple of places or. What happened yeah, there? yeah, just because like before you used to fly just yet just one connection, but now it's so hard to get one connection. Like you fly Munich, then you go into Frankfurt, and then you fly out instead of just like one. Oh wow! When you come when you come into the U.S., the proper response is not welcome. It's I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it's no. The the response is like, okay, who are you? What do you want? Yeah. Why are you coming back? It's crazy. <laughs> It's like pr- prove your, prove your innocence. <laughs> yeah, and like I come back with you know like two pounds of cheese and medicine and all the stuff, and then they ask me, "Oh, what is this? What is that?" Blah blah. Who are you planning to kill with the cheese? It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Uh, I do see we have our special guest waiting in the in the green room, so that that's good. Um, so go ahead, Tony. Okay. Let's let's move it along, and then okay. we'll have the guests jump up. Okay, so we do have a lot. We have a lot uh, in terms of CBDCs. We have a lot in terms of um, the Israel uh, conflict that is happening right now. So we have a lot, a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, the first thing, actually, we're going to start off with uh, Argentina. <laughs> uh, so the Argentine central bank to introduce digital peso bill as soon as possible. Now, as soon as I understand, there's two um, there's two candidates for next year for the presidential presidential election in next year. One of them allegedly is Bitcoin friendly, Javier Milei. And then there's one, uh, the other one, Noguera, which wants uh, the project, which is the CBDC, to be presented as soon as possible. So one is pro-CBDC, the other one is become friendly, but he has publicly proclaimed the dollarization of the Argentine Argentine economy. Um, Noguera, which is pro-CBDC, he discussed that he defends the idea of a CBDC because the key feature of the CBDC is its traceability, which will allow the government to collect taxes. Now, of course, it's nice you know to be able to collect taxes but if they were used for the correct things such as education infrastructure and not not to to fund horrible things like war and so on and um to use our money for nefarious actions so um so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting i i'm I'm really curious of who's gonna who's going to uh win next year but yeah uh, argentina is on to cbc then we also have, um, actually, let's discuss Finland. Finland is also on uh, the CBDC. They work on instant payment system embrace and they embrace the digital euro. The Bank of Finland is coordinating the creation of a Finnish instant payment solution compatible with European standards. And it's a short article, but this is what they basically talk about. The possible introduction of a digital euro would give consumers the option of paying with central bank money wherever electronic payments uh, is accepted. So they're working on their own solution. Argentina is working on their own solution. Um, then we have, actually, let's discuss this one. The ECB officials moved to preparation phase for the digital euro. And what is interesting is that every single time they they use the verbiage, well, though the issuance of a digital euro is not a certainty, and they use the same verbiage in the US, officials with the European Central Bank are moving to the next phase of the project. So I feel like they do this on purpose. They say, in, like I said in, in the past, it may not come. We're working on it. We don't know. But of course, to come eventually. They're just trying to play it off as if they don't know. But of course, it's going to come. Um, and they also are trying to play the fact that, oh, you're going to have the CBDC, but you're still going to have the euro and the dollar. So you get to choose. <laughs> but you get to choose for a while <laughs> until they, they force you to use the CBDC. 
such as such as in uh, Nigeria with the Inaira. It wasn't used before. It was 0.5% usage and now jumped up because they're forced to. Uh, but in an October 18th notice, the ACV said it plans to start lay, laying the foundation for the possible issuance of a digital euro beginning on November 1st. So it's all coming very soon. And then they did post on, on Twitter, and I have it here as well. With a digital euro, you would have an additional payment option that combines the advantages of a central bank money with the ease and practicality of modern digital payments. What's in it for you? <laughs> Find out more. What's in it for you? Surveillance, negative interest rates, and many, many other horrible things. That's what's in it for you. Can, can you play the video of, uh, what's her name, Lagarde? Christine Lagarde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do this one now. Okay, so let's play. So she said, the euro is key to our European unity. <laughs> a digital euro existing alongside cash future-proof our currency it will be safe, easy to use, and free of charge, while the decision whether to issue a digital euro will be taken later. Again, we're not sure. Uh, we're, la- we're now launching the preparation. That means that it's... So let's watch the video. Digital euro is on the move. Yesterday, the governing council of the approved the opening of the preparation phase. It will be a journey, and we will walk the journey together with the legislator. All European institutions will be involved to make sure that Europe is equipped with the currency of the Cash is here to stay. You will have all options, cash and digital cash. So what does it mean for you? For consumers, be free and easy to use everywhere in the euro area. All of that, of course, is subject to the legislative process. Cash or digital, the choice will be yours. You, oh. Euro, your choice. <laughs> for for now. <laughs> I feel like I'm back in 1995 <laughs> watching, like, yeah, a movie about the, you know, the future. Ah, good old propaganda. And, and the here we Euro, are. Euro, your choice. <laughs> Arrive, guys. It's, these are no longer, you know, the, the no, movies that we no. watch on TV. Don't tell me this doesn't look like the beginning of some of that movie, like uh, like the Hunger Games or something yeah, like that. It's, yeah. the, one, the crappy uh, chroma key in the background. What's going on with that? I mean, like, is the European Central Bank or something? Cannot they afford better quality video? Once <laughs> the pendants, like the, the I, I I didn't notice the how you call that the the jewelry he has on the elbow. Oh yeah, like, shining all the time with with. With little sparks of color, it's just like an evil something. It looks like it looks like one of those things that you see on on disaster movies at the beginning, when they see it, when you see like in the TV in the background, it's like right. from now on everything's yours. What the fuck? Nobody for the for the coming dystopia. Nobody tells them that it, it really looks and sounds like very dystopian. And kind of make it more friendly, like some green in the background, like kids running around, something like that. No, no, they have to do it like this. You, you will have a choice, guys, she says. You will have a choice. The <laughs> euro course. or the euro. It's the future, oh, guys. Have a choice. You are in or out of the system. Uh, what's crazy, what's interesting about the digital euro the, in their proposal, they're, they're talking about uh, an offline cash-like option as well, where people will be able to transfer a bearer asset uh, peer-to-peer offline using hardware. This was also talked about in the U.S. Um, I forget what the proposal's called. It's the eCash. It's, it's called like the eCash Act. We had Rohan Gray on the show on Monero, Topia, uh, Monero Talk like two years ago. 
he, I think he actually is the guy who drafted this proposal that was then passed in the U.S. where they're researching this concept. But uh, we're seeing it now as part of what the EU is looking to do. So I don't really understand how the tech is going to work, but supposedly they've figured out a way to uh, transfer digital cash peer-to-peer offline. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you guys all picked up on that, but that's that's pretty interesting. No, it's very interesting, yeah. and I like um, how Andreas mentioned Hunger Games. It is like Hunger Games; you get to choose between this weapon and this weapon. Your survival yeah. depends on it. <laughs> the choice will be yours. <laughs> and as always, it comes with the disclaimer: as you know, it's cash, it's digital cash, but it's the you know, as long as we're able to uh, prevent terrorism and money laundering, so whatever protections need to be in place for those purposes. So. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the the opener there for how they're going to have the excuse and the tech to track and surveil everyone. But it's okay. cash, guys. It's cash. The way uh, what's in it for you? <laughs> <laughs> Not good stuff. Um, and then one more thing with CBDC. So the EU data protection regulators urge anonymity for smaller transactions in digital euro. They wanted uh, to make it in such a way so that in small transactions, there's not going to be any form of traceability now of course they really want i think that they can even trace that as well they say the authorities also strongly recommend establishing a privacy threshold for online transactions below which offline and online low value transactions are not subject to tracking for anti-money laundering and combating the financing of terrorism nice so you can buy bread and they won't know but if you buy two they may will <laughs> yes yes for below for which Online and offline. See, so they're they're proposing that they figured out a way how to do offline digital cash transactions, which is huge and very important. But not for criminals. Yes, but not. Yeah, you can always buy like a thousand separate breads. (laughs) Yeah. To pay for a car. (laughs) (laughs) What if they track like how many breads you bought? And they're like, Andres, you bought fifty. That's enough. Mm. You have hit your bread quota for the week. No more bread for you. No more bread for you. We have a saying here in Spanish that is something like "make the law, make the the like the hack or the cheek or something like that." Mm-hmm. So it's basically yeah, you put the threshold on privacy, and then everybody just makes a bunch of really small transactions, and then you limit the amount of transactions per I don't know item class that you can do, and so then people like start buying bread and tomatoes and stuff for fake. So it's it's like a, it's really like a like a we call it like, a, like a worms race. Can you imagine if you buy like an apartment, and let's say it's like fifty thousand euro, and then you can only transact anonymously for one hundred euro, and then you say, "Hey, so how much time you have?" Because we have a lot of transactions yes. to do. <laughs> Let me batch a bunch of transactions. <laughs> it's a good thing that Monero has low fees. Yeah, 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 which is good. Um, yeah, so that's that's with CBDCs. Um, again, just. Notice how they say that it may come, but it's inevitable. Uh, now, a bit of Monero. So, um, enhance your network and support decentralized communication. Pay with Monero to get whitelisted so that your timeline is free of spam, bots, and toxic Bitcoin maxis. So, pay Monero, not realize it's uh, pmnr.xmr.rocks. That's a, is anybody is anybody trying this? Anybody use this? Mm, I haven't. Interesting concept. So the idea is by paying it, it eliminates spam and you're getting just Monero related content. Yeah, no toxic Bitcoin maxis. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a GitHub project um, that is, it's like a pre-built Noster server that's designed to accept like 
tiny bit of Monero for fee to be able to get on it. Um, let me see if I can find it. Well, I think that's what he isn't that what he used here. I assume. I think that's that's what this is. I believe. No, no. Click on the link. What does the link go to? Is that is that his just the relay? Hmm. I think the one that Tax is, is talking about is is one that replaces the whole tipping with a Lightning Network mechanism with tipping with Monero. Oh, really? It has nothing to do. Well, I mean, there was an, an idea about something like, like a mega okay. fork that replaced the, the whole tipping with Lightning with Monero. Oh, yeah, it's Neo. It was near Narrowster. Narrowster. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the, the whole idea behind a paid Monero. Um, Nostal Relay is just more like curating content and ensuring that you support. It doesn't necessarily have, have to do it with the with the tipping mechanism. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, maybe we could have Alex jump on one of these days to uh, give us an update on that. But but cool initiative. Nice to see. Who? Okay. Uh, you, you don't have to read this whole post. This guy though, he he ended up blocking me this week. He he did a spaces last Saturday after this show, and I jumped in on it, and he had. It was a huge spaces. I mean, he, the guy's got like, if you could click on him, I don't know. He's got tons of followers. Yeah, I'm going to click on him now. Um, he's, he's an attorney. He's a professor, I think, at, George, or, or at Duke, Duke Law School. And he did a whole spaces last week on how basically, uh, basically saying we, we, should, we should ban crypto, particularly things like Monero, because of what we're seeing on how they're being used to fund it terrorism. terrorism. <laughs> And yeah, he, uh, he's he's putting in. I mean, go go look at his his Twitter feed. The amount of effort he's putting in and pushing this initiative is 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 kind of scary. And uh, he's throwing out a ton of misinformation. And his argument boils down to he just doesn't see uh, the utility that crypto has to offer. He he kind of sees it as offering zero utility, uh, and the only thing it is used for is for like criminal purposes. So complete idiot. There's an old man that doesn't understand technology, just like everyone else in Congress. No, I think it's well, much if... worse. I think he completely does understand technology, and he's just an evil, evil piece of shit that's out there trying to uh, basically put forth this regulation because he stands to benefit from it. He works. He works as a regulator. He consults these guys. He's the guy. He's the guy that will probably end up like writing the regulation when it gets yeah. written. You know, that's like. This, he, oh, he's, he's one of those people. He's, he's aligned with them to the point, but it, it's he sells himself as this patriot, American loving, liberty loving guy. Give a whole spiel on his spaces, like guys, hear me out. I love America just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. I love free speech, but you know he's he's a big Second Amendment guy. I mean, the sure. hypocrisy it just makes no sense. Like let, let's let's ban crypto, uh, which if you banned it tomorrow terrorism would, would absolutely not go away right i think we could all any anybody would agree to that um hamas would you know if if you were able to ban, go back in time and ban crypto a I year it wouldn't have stopped hamas from doing what they did or any other terrorists from doing what they want to do but if you were to ban guns not suggesting you do so i'm a big second amendment guy myself but if you were to ban guns that would have a tremendous effect on terrorism overnight without no, a doubt no it wouldn't but it would. It would. It'd no, it wouldn't. <laughs> if you could eliminate guns, it would be harder to uh, mass kill, right? I'm not. Unless, I'm just giving you an example here, like mm-hmm. of how absurd his his logic is. Where he's a big Second Amendment guy, uh, he sees the utility in guns and is willing to, um, you know, live with the fact that guns can be used in good and bad ways. Yet he doesn't apply the same logic to crypto at all. 
Um, so mm. that's, that, that, but this, this is what we're up against. Uh, and it's, it's unfortunate. And they don't even want to engage. They just block and move on and, and spew their, their propaganda. <laughs> just like this. Well, um, yeah, it's, he also wrote that um, he made the case that if crypto were so easy to track, then ten, the tens of thousands of friends on Earth attackers would all get caught and all that stuff. But what actually, you know, kills people is not the, the crypto, it's the motivation behind the person, the education, and then the weapon, like Doug said. So that's what actually kills people. And yeah, there should be way tighter regulations around guns. In Florida, you can just you can just win guns like nothing and all sorts of stuff like Oktoberfest I've, I've heard from a friend and all kinds of stuff. They're so easy to get. It's kind of, it's kind of scary. Any, so, yeah. any criminal that wants a gun, even if guns are banned, will have a gun. And then, yeah. uh, and then a normal person will not have a gun. Yeah. Like your normal average law abiding citizen would not have a gun, but every criminal on the street, you better believe would have a gun. Mm-hmm. Right. S- same concept with crypto. These are just tools uh, they can use for bad purposes and good purposes. Um, and ultimately, I mean, and crypto is just a communication tool. Mm-hmm. So to think that uh, by cutting off people's ability to have access to uncensored communication, that the world is going to be a worse off place is just absurd. And basically, you're saying you, you just you don't believe in humanity at that point. I think um, based on what you said, it's it's kind of good if we sk- if we skip to the chain analysis um, report. Because it's very interesting, and then we'll go into the next one. So, yeah, the chain, the chain analysis report is interesting because it's a complete rebuttal of all of the points that uh, guys like this are trying to make recently with the data, and it shows that the data is actually uh, saying otherwise in terms of whether or not crypto is actually being used to finance terrorism. So they said, although terrorism financing is a very small portion of the already very small portion of cryptocurrency transaction volume that is illicit. Some terrorist organizations raise, store, and transfer funds using cryptocurrency. So um, there's no doubt that funds raised by terrorist or- organizations, no matter how small, are significant and every method should be investigated. This is, of course. Uh, then what is interesting, interesting is that they make the case that um, they also talk about service providers and how, and that how obviously um, a, server, a service provider is not made for you know, terroristic customers. They're just made for anybody. And then if, you know, if terrorists choose to, to use them, they do. And then they also had. Well, what they're, what they're talking about there, too, is with the service providers is talking about how it's if you can kind of go back down to that section, how it's being misquoted and misused. So they're showing these these service providers, uh, the untrained eye, it might appear that 82 million worth of crypto currency was raised for terrorist financing in the example above, but it's much more likely that a small portion of these funds were intended for terrorist activity. So they're looking at all, like, they're saying, all right, this service provider had $80 million worth of crypto flow through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Therefore, $80 million worth of crypto is being used to finance terrorism because some, some portion of it we know is connected to a wallet that's associated with terrorism. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is completely absurd. It's flawed. So yeah. Maybe maybe it was only a hundred dollars worth of crypto that went to that went to that wallet that was associated <laughs> with terrorism, and it went through this service provider that has hundreds of millions of dollars going through it. So now now the the stats that they're putting out there, like this guy uh, John, whatever, is saying hundreds of millions of dollars are, are being are being used to finance uh, to finance terrorism uh, with crypto. 
completely misconstruing the facts, which is, you know, this guy, he's, he's well-educated, he's an attorney, so he's literally purposely misconstruing these facts. That's, that's the, right? That he's, he's willfully out there spreading misinformation about this for the purposes of trying to rally people around in this moment, rally people around banning cryptocurrency when in reality, there's no data to show why you would want to take uh, steps like that, given given the effect it would have. You'd be honored to be blocked by him. Clearly, <laughs> you were a threat. Yeah, but you know, we need to be out there, you know, responding to this guy and spreading the truth, mm-hmm. um, because unfortunately, he's he's going to make progress. Because mm-hmm. people don't people well, don't have the time or the you know the. To, to actually look into these things and understand them on well, a deeper. That's the that's the good thing about the internet. He has a platform that he can talk on and he can ban you from, and you have a platform right here, right now, that we are talking on <laughs> and that your message gets out and what you want people to know gets out. Yeah, for sure. But the only problem is we're in silos, right? We need to get we need to get to his people, the people that are are listening and following him. Um yeah. Yes, but with any with anything these days, do those people want to hear our message? See, that's the thing is we've got to we've got to consider the fact that uh, there's a lot of people in this world who do not want to hear the other side. They want to agree with one thing and one thing only, and gosh darn it, that's all they're going to agree with. And there's nothing you can say or do to convince them otherwise. Yeah, it's really it's really a meme war at the end of the day. It's an information war and a meme war. And uh, I don't know for the general public. Unfortunately, I would say they're winning in that in that meme war. Hmm. If you're, you know, and the meme being cryptocurrency is used to fund terrorism. Um, when I ran for Congress, that's one of the things that happened to me. It was after I ran. I had somebody anonymously sent a letter to every single person that donated to my campaign. Uh, with a big picture of me and a picture of, it was, I think it was like ISIS or whatever, and they're holding <laughs> shotguns and a big Monero logo and saying, Doug Tooman supports uh, Monero. Monero is used to fund terrorism. If you don't donate to his, if he runs again and you don't donate to his campaign again, you won't hear from us. If you do, you will. Like, and then threatening everybody. It was, it was like- wild. It was bizarre. Uh, it was crazy. I don't know where it came from and who's behind. It's like soft blackmail. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it's it took a lot of effort. It took a lot of effort to do that. I'm talking. They actually physically mailed these these letters to to all these people, and it was. Yeah, I was getting phone calls. It's scary to get a letter like that, an anonymous letter with pictures of people holding machine guns, and you know that you wrote a check to this guy, and now you're being threatened, saying if you do it again, you're going to hear from us. Oh my it's God. really sad. It was basically, it's really terrorist sad. activity. Not <laughs> even legal. Yeah. It's it's really awful that like these kinds of things like the general public just doesn't see these kinds of things until it's too late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's and then they're either screwed or they have to to fight with each other to get anything. So that that's why I say right. So it's like we could say all right, well it's good to block you, blah blah blah. But we have to we have to be out there spreading our meme. I know we do it, and we're constantly trying to grow our community, but. We got to get out to the masses, man. They got, they got to know, they got to understand. Uh, granted, if if Monero's ever banned, we'll, we'll we'll keep pushing forward, but we don't want to get to that point. People people should need to understand that Monero is a good thing. It aligns with the values of open and free societies. They need to they need to hear that meme. Hmm. Well, moving on with um, again on Israel because we have a couple more to go through. This one is particularly interesting. It's from the U.S. Department of the Treasury and. 
So they said today the U.S. Department of the Treasury's Office of Foreign Assets Control, OFAC, imposed sanctions on 10 key Hamas terrorist group members, operatives and financial facilitators in Gaza and elsewhere, including Sudan, Turkey, Algeria and Qatar. Now, what is interesting is that they mentioned the um, so Treasury Janet L. Yellen said the U.S. Treasury has a long history of effectively disrupting their finance. Um, and we will not hesitate to use our tools against Hamas. We will continue to take all steps necessary to deny Hamas terrorists the ability to raise and use funds to carry out atrocities and terrorize the people of Israel. The, uh, that includes by imposing sanctions and coordinating with allies and partners to track, freeze, and seize any Hamas-related assets in their jurisdiction. So what is kind of... Okay, inherently, obviously, it's a good thing. If you can... If we can have... If humanity was actually overall benevolent and we would have something like Monero, but then we could somehow disrupt terrorist activity as well and, you know, get along in this way, which is not happening, then that'll be great, of course. But then now we have something like Monero with which you can donate to Hamas if you want to, or you don't. So you get to have that that option, fortunately and unfortunately. Now, um, what this basically means is that the US, which is a country far away from Israel, they can manipulate they can track freeze and seize people's money within a whole different country so this is international which means that your money is really not safe now again of course this is hamas and they shouldn't get any any more money to to uh, do the reprehensible things that they do but just just as as a thought that they can manipulate your money no matter where you are and it's it's not and it's the u.s that is manipulating that money i'm sure israel can do it as well but just like that it's an outside entity that I can do it as well, which is interesting. Yeah. Another good point back to what we were saying before. And, you know, this, this action is what is now being spread and spread around the internet as another example of needing to crack down on cryptocurrency because of funding of terrorism. So if you scroll all the way down, they, they do talk about how crypto is used. And so you had uh, people like John out there quoting this article uh, but if you actually if you actually read it, it even says uh, in the in the action that's taken here, um, it basically says how the the lion share, the vast majority of assets that um, these quote unquote terrorists were were using, or or what was being used for as a means of financing them, were things like you know shell companies that were set up these fake companies where you know hundreds of millions of dollars were were are being flown are, are flowing through them and then they get to the cryptocurrency part and they reference one wallet that received i think $2000 worth of cryptocurrency that they that they have proof this is wow, after so much terrorist financing this is after explaining how you know they're using all these other method, methods have they've traditionally done since before crypto even existed hundreds of millions of dollars that are flowing through these um, essentially fake mm. companies that are being set up. Uh, but that's not the part that's talked about. It's, ta- you know, they, what's references the crypto part where it was $2,000 worth of crypto. I want to be clear though, too, like, you know, I, I think the argument of saying, because some people are out there saying, well, crypto isn't u- effectively isn't used to fund terrorism. And I agree with that. As of today, it's, it's really not if you look at the da- data. But the fact is, it's going to be become the lion's share at one point. It's just a better form of transacting value, right? That's why we're all here. That's why we use it. That's why we like it. It's a better tool for those purposes. 
Um, so it's going to, at some point, be used more for those purposes, just like it's going to be used more for everything else, right? You're, we're going to use it for uh, everything we do on the internet. Um, and so we need, we need to get ahead of that and realize that the final argument isn't that crypto isn't used for, for funding terrorism. Other things are. It's that, okay, it's a better technology for, for transacting value. And we need to talk about all the good things that come with that, just like the internet, right? I mean, the internet mm-hmm. is used by terrorists, but we don't sit here and talk around, talk about how we should ban the internet and get rid of the internet. We talk about all the good things that the internet has done for society and will continue to do society and all the great value it will give to society. And that's the ultimate argument that needs to be made for crypto and Monero in particular. Not that it's not used and it's barely used for terrorism, because the fact is that at some point it will be used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about the education of the person, not about because yeah, I mean terrorists they use shoes. Should we ban shoes? Should we ban toothbrushes or certain things? It sounds crazy. Or yeah, I mean guns don't shoot themselves. I have a examples. solution: ban mm-hmm. water. All the terrorists die. Yeah. <laughs> so does everyone else. But maybe that's what they want, right? Oh my god. Mm. Well, they do want. Uh, they do want. Uh, population control so that we don't hurt the environment. So that's possible. Oh, they right. want to kill like three fourths of humans on Earth. Oh my God, that's a whole other discussion too. <laughs> um, well, and then one reason, a... sorry, but one no, reason yeah. that that maybe maybe terrorists aren't being funded more cryptocurrencies today is that basically many of them get funded by government. Mm-hmm. Which don't which don't use cryptocurrencies as much, <laughs> so <laughs> that's why we have not seen more terrorist financing with crypto. It's just that <laughs> the right. governments. Don't so what you're so what you're saying is that the governments are the terrorists. I'm not saying that all governments. <laughs> I'm not I'm not naming names. I'm just saying so that it's the same like with money laundering. You know, it, it's like yeah, what's the most offending cause of money laundering? It's like HSBC. Not not Bitcoin or Monero or whatever. So I don't see I, mean, I don't see, I don't see any closer that the adoption of cryptocurrency by terrorists or money launderers or uh, or narcs or whatever, just because basically it runs on fiat by design. Exactly. Good points. So w- w- once the, once the government starts using crypto more, then those numbers will will go up. <laughs> 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 Biden just, you know, printed up a hundred billion dollars to give out to to fight fight in Ukraine and fight in Israel, right? But nobody nobody scoffs at that because we're not terrorists. And um, talking about Biden, uh, so Senator Elizabeth Warren joins more than a hundred lawmakers to ask Biden about plans to prevent crypto finance terrorism. Now, again, in itself, obviously we want we don't want terrorism to be financed in any way, which is either for crypto or traditional finance, we don't want that to happen. But um, this is their plan to create the problem and then to show you the solution. So what is the problem? Well, the war. What is the solution? Well, I think now we should crack down on crypto finance, uh, finance terrorism and all this stuff. So it's all planned. It's not like, oh, this war erupted and now all of a sudden, "Mm, I think we should look into this now. No, it was all planned from before that we want to crack down on crypto. We We want to essentially make it into a very into a form of cbdc eventually that's what i believe with most of them they can do it with monero and then um so that eventually you're just going to use their cbdc and that that's what they're trying to do and they're using this war as an excuse that now 
they care about terrorism and you know they want to help and all this stuff um yeah so this is what basically this article um talks about and then we have um so why elizabeth warren is wrong when it comes to um israel and um you know financing terrorism and all this stuff i couldn't see the whole thing because i need to pay unless i go to the archive actually thanks uh talks for that from last time <laughs> um but even this part is is good if if i read it didn't la- take long for the media to zero in on hamas's uh, cryptocurrency fundraising notably via the stablecoin tether um elizabeth warren and roger marshall leaped at the chance to use this revelation to boost their crypto regulation bill uh, but their attempt to exploit uh, the October 7th attacks to advance their legislative agenda is misguided. There's no evidence that crypto is used more often or more effectively than the traditional banking system to finance terrorism. Hamas acquired crypto on transparent blockchains, not via private blockchains and crypto privacy tools such as Monero or Zcash. Hamas use, use Bitcoin and Tether, which are both which are both transparent. So as we discussed, this is about just boosting their crypto regulation bill. And not necessarily that they actually, in my eyes, that they actually care about the terrorist uh, act, acts themselves. This uh, this was written, that article was written by J.W. Uh, how do you pronounce his, what's his last name? Vert Vert. Love Vert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he he's a big Zcash guy. He's also he also a big, big Monero. He's into Monero as well. I think mm-hmm. he's, I feel like he's slowly moving over to Monero from Zcash. He was on my he was on Monero talk at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. Interesting guy, good guy. He's uh, he's out there trying to make arguments for 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 us for the other side and he made very very good arguments as well so yep. um then we have uh fin finson proposes new regulation to enhance transparency in convertible virtual currency mixing and combat terrorist financing again some more uh terrorist financing so today the u.s department of Tre- the treasury's financial crimes enforcement network announced a notice of proposed rulemaking that identifies international convertible virtual currency mixing cpc Mixing is a class of transactions of primary, primary money laundering concern. So um, today's actions underscores Treasury's commitment to combating the exploitation of convertible virtual currency mixing by a broad range of illicit actors, including state-affiliated cyber actors, cyber criminals, and terrorist groups. More broadly, the Treasury Department is aggressively combating illicit use of all um, aspects of the CBDC, CBDC eco- ecosystem by terrorist groups, including Hamas and Palestinian Islam uh, Jihad. And this is what it basically talks about. And the lack of transparency surrounding international CBC mixing activities and acute money laundering and national security risk and increasing transparency in connection with this activ- activity is a key component to denying illicit actors access to the U.S. and global financial systems. So I don't know if we could bring body up, to, we could quickly... I mean, this is just a, another huge, huge story. So, so much, so much is happening, right? I mean, the the, gov- the government is really mounting their attack right now. Um, it's crazy that this this dropped this week as well. FinCEN proposing these new regulations, where the way it's currently drafted is extremely broad. Uh, I read the whole thing. What they're what they're proposing. It could be, you know, you could look at it and you can you can interpret it as. Um, the way they describe a mixer as uh, including even the Monero protocol itself. Um, it's written so broadly. Uh, Body, are you there? Can we, can we bring Body up? I don't know if he's there. Um, um, oh, he's here. He's in the room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Body, you there? Hey. Hey, Body. Just, I, know, I know you took a good look at this as well. I saw you tweeting about it. What, what's, what's your overall take on this? Yeah, so um, 
it, it certainly seems coincidental that um, in combination with the OFAC declaration and uh, the bullshit about how um, crypto is this massive terrorism financing tool. And now there's, you know, the mixing aspect here. Um, good on you that you read the whole thing. Um, I also read it. I, uh, it, it seems like their language is just getting more broad when they issue these declarations. Um, so this is proposed rulemaking. Obviously it's not rules yet, but if implemented, right, all of the FinCEN nations will have to like implement some version of their guidance. Um, I, I was trying to see if I could figure out was there any direct reference to Monero? Obviously, they talk about mixing. Um, so there's this one excerpt um, that uh, that I'll just read really quickly. It says that um, they kind of list like A, B, C, D, E of things that could be determined to be mixing. And the one that caught my eye was was C. It said, using programmatic or algorithmic code to coordinate, manage, or manipulate the structure of a transaction. Like, how, how broad is that? Sounds like anything to me. That sounds like any cryptocurrency. Um, okay, but it says this method involves the use of software that coordinates two or more persons' transactions together in order to obfuscate the individual unique transactions. Um, so that very much sounds like it could it could um, involve Monero. Uh, it continues. That's this is one sentence. Sorry, I'm. Uh, sort of pausing here, it says uh, to obfuscate the individual unique transactions by providing multiple potential outputs from a coordinated input, decreasing the probability of determining, determining both intended persons for each unique transaction. So I think like in an SAT style contextual reading of what this says, Monero would not be included, but that kind of doesn't matter because of, of how broad the entire paper is written. Um, yeah. It seems like they're trying to capture basically everything. But the odd thing is that um, despite mentioning darknet markets extensively and ransomware and tornado cash and um, and uh, Bitcoin fog and, and I think like one other, uh, they notably avoided mentioning Monero in, in any capacity. Um, so I, it, I don't even think they use the term. Uh, what is the term they use? Anonymity uh, enhancing cryptocurrencies, AECs, I think they're calling them, right? Yeah, uh, they avoided that the usage of that term. Yeah, they didn't say that either. But yeah, you're right. It is so like so. If you look at just before the the such as examples, which you were going through, and they have pooling, and then the one that you mentioned uh, before the, the those examples, they just say the definition of CVC mixing. The term CVC mixing means <laughs> facilitation of CVC transactions in a manner that obfuscates the source, destination. Or amount so, sounds familiar, right? <laughs> Whenever I'm describing Monero, right? This is literally the three <laughs> pillars I talk about involved in one or more transactions, regardless of the type of protocol or service used. So that that part I think is what captures Monero. Just the initial definition above. If you scroll above to, I think where you are, yeah. where they just say the definition of CVC mixing before they go into the examples of such as. Um, it's an extremely broad, very purposefully broad. Yeah. I'm trying to fully understand the implications. So this is, yeah, obviously this is just a draft. This is a proposal, but they're saying if this were to pass, it's basically regulations that essentially like exchanges would have to follow. Right. And if they, uh, it's basically going to increase the amount of reporting that they're going to have to do if they detect that some crypto transaction had previously gone through CVC mixing, then they have to report that, right? Here's what I don't understand is that I thought that these regulated exchanges were already required to collect my name, my social slave number, 
and date of birth and all that crap. Like I thought they already had to do that. So what's the difference here? Well, the difference is anytime there's an action, so they, they already have all your info, but now anytime you would send like, I guess, crypto to the exchange and now they have, they have to put in the due diligence to now figure out whether or not it was previously mixed. And if it was, they then have to send that instance to the federal government saying, up. Oh, Body just sent this crypto that looked like it was mixed. And how uh, far back do they have to go? Because it looks like what a whatever like ten transactions or something like that in or something like that is gonna be mixed. Like one in ten. So like you can go like ten steps back or six steps back or whatever, and it, you're gonna find a mix somewhere. Right. They list so many things too. Like they talk about single use address, peeling, uh, chain hopping, intentionally uh, programmed delays, and they even use the word structuring. They talked about um, like multiple small transactions to the same person um, that much like you would try and structure to stay under the $10,000 limit, you know, when you're sending to a banker or someone, they even talked about structuring. So it's like, it, it, it almost might be so broad as to be practically useless because then exchanges will just give every transaction to, um, you know, to, to the IRS or, or whoever to the government, which I kind of assume that they're already doing anyways. I, I like that's your adversary in a lot of ways. You just have to assume that they have all that. Right. And really, really what this does is it gives all these chain analysis companies more work, right? This is, this is a huge, this is a huge government contract, like a huge contract basically coming down the pipe for them. If this were to pass, they would now, now all all these, all these exchanges, they're already using chain analysis, but now I guess they would have to use them even more so they could be in compliance. up until Chainalysis gets debunked in court with all these court cases saying that, hey, this does not actually work. And then the government's going to be uh, – then people are going to be upset because the government spent all this money on these Chainalysis contracts and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't seem to matter though. I think this still pushes ahead. Even if we have another arm of the government, the judiciary saying, well, we have court cases where we have proof that this stuff doesn't really work. It seems like uh, this arm of the government still pushing in this direction where they, they want this regulation to be passed and, and this, this, this due diligence to be done, even if it technically doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, they, they can still use parallel construction. Um, it, parallel construction is where they use illegal spying methods that they created in the Patriot Act and all the other acts and, of Congress since then, um, where they're spying on you illegally, you don't know about it, and you can't challenge it in court because it's top secret, and you can't bring that data to court. They use it to construct a case against you, but parallel they feed that information to law enforcement so that law enforcement knows where to look so they can like find the probable cause they need to get the warrant to look at the thing, pretending as if they hadn't used illegal methods the entire time. Um, so like the chain analysis that does work, that might not have ever even be brought to court to be challenged. You know, like chain analysis is a broad set of tools uh, that, that people that these companies use to, to try and track transactions. So some of them are crap. And I think, I would be very um, careful right now. So, for example, the Romanoff case um, is it Sterling Romanoff? I, I can't with, with Tor Eklund. Yeah. Um, that could be a psyop, right? That might be a psyop by the government trying to like bring <clears throat> bring some terrible, like some crappy chain analysis to court, so that people think, oh, chain analysis doesn't really work. When they're like, yeah, but really, we've got the stuff that does work. We just brought this to to psyop the the crypto people. I think that's a legitimate possibility, given how badly the government has bumbled this. Now, the government sucks, and they're, they're often incompetent anyway, so they could just be that. But I, I, I'm just wary. <laughs> well. 
We'll we'll be talking about this a lot more. Uh, we don't have to talk about it anymore here today. Uh, I, I'm going to have Seth on, I think, next week for a Monero talk, and he's coming. He's going to be posting an article on this, so I'll have him on, and we'll we'll beat the dead horse that it is. Okay. So, what do you guys think about the EU demanding Meta and TikTok um, trying to curb this information from Israel Hamas war? This is very very interesting. Um, yeah, it's you know the, gov- the government getting involved, uh, trying to be uh, controlled information, right? On wanting to be the central authority on on what is truth, um, which it's dangerous. I mean, we go, you go on social media, there obviously is a problem there uh, with with things that are false being spread. We talked about this last week, right? And AI and how it could be used. Uh, but at the same time, do we want to live in a world where there's one central authority that decides what is and is not the truth? That's that's we're at war with East Asia. Yeah, it's not like Meta and TikTok are gonna pull up the history books and then they're gonna go over every single you know piece of information and be like, okay, this is misinformation. This you know that's that's not going to happen. Now, what we don't want to see, of course, is live streams from you know you know live killings and terrorist terrorist attacks. We don't want to see that, of course, but. Um, you know, so there should obviously they should, of course, uh, go against this information. But um, well, I mean, inf- information's information. I don't, I don't know where I stand. You know, um, yeah. it's it's people need to decide whether or not they want to see that information, and mm-hmm. then people need to decide whether or not they think it's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Also, a lot of people just go on, on TikTok and all these platforms, and whatever they see first, they they believe that is true. But that's most true. of the time, it's just reheated the same reheated burrito over and over again that people are trying to use for likes, even though they probably don't even know what they're talking about. And then you just get more of that algorithm. So we're just transitioning into a phase where nobody believes anything. Um, that's, yeah. that's, that's everything's weird. a psyop. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thinking like even the books I'm reading, I mean, history and all that stuff, is it even true? Why am I allowed to read it? I'm always so wary about this stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, then we have, um, I'm going to play this in a little bit, um, Edward's, Edward's note on Bitcoin, but then let's just discuss some more things and then we'll go back to that video. Uh, the end of uh, Libri Inc. So, um, this is the perfect example. This, this is the opposite end, right? So you, you have things like TikTok and stuff where they're being approached by governments and being forced to, to censor and uh, governments are asking them what information they can and can't keep up. And here you had Library, which is a project uh, that doesn't allow that wouldn't effectively doesn't allow that to happen mm-hmm. uh, it's censorship resistant anybody was able well i say was but you still can um able to post videos up there it's a essentially a decentralized youtube it did quite well i i, I thought it was a very impressive project but they're being the the company that ran it is being forced to shut down because of the security act uh, securities law they were the library token was basically labeled a security and they're being forced to shut down and sell off all their assets. But the underlying tech is still up and running. The decentralized system that runs library is my understanding. So, so clearly, if you're going to do something like that, you need to not be in the United States or not be in a country that's going to to deal with that. Um, or you need to make it completely decentralized with no head to cut off like the Internet and like Monero. Right, and and don't and don't formulate it in a way where it can be interpreted as as being a security, right? Which is basically what you're saying, right? Um, it needs to be it needs to be truly decentralized. It can't have a, it can't have a token where you know we've gone through this 
many times on the show, right, where we talked about uh, how things are being labeled securities. Uh, and unfortunately, library fell fell strongly into it, into the definition of what is security. Um, and they weren't able to avoid that. The picture that they posted is kind of funny, though. So uh, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he says, um, you can't win your prophetic life form. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And then they wrote, Obi-Wan Kenobi said this to Darth Gensler in <laughs> CEC versus Star Wars 1, right before he was struck down by an antique weapon, security laws. <laughs> yep. But but the end result is the tech is still here, and now it, it essentially is pivoting into the decentralized version of itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, the corporation library will no longer exist. The library token, uh, uh, my understanding, will no... I, I don't know. I could be wrong about that. I don't think the library token will will exist any longer. I don't exactly. The library token will continue to exist. Oh, will continue to. Can you explain what's going on then? Maybe maybe you have a little uh, better insight into all this. Yeah. So, library, the company, they issued the library token on a. Um, I don't know which blockchain it was on. I'm assuming Ethereum. It's basically just a smart contract. Mm-hmm. So it will continue to exist no matter what. But the, the central authority that was benefiting from the sale of the library token will no longer exist. Right. The the company that is is in charge of making the thing, like had made the thing in the first place, will no longer exist. But the, the platform, the blockchain, the token, all that stuff will continue to exist just without a um, th- just without a captain to steer the ship. So now the captain has become everybody and not just one single corporation. How is the library token done? I haven't even checked, taken a look at it. I mean, is it is it like is it crashed to basically zero, or it's actually doing okay? I wouldn't know. Let's look into it. Mm, okay, let's look on seven days. Yeah, I mean, you do a chart of long term. Okay, that's that's long term. That's 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 that you can see where the SEC action took place. Yeah, do all, uh, do all. Um, so twenty eighteen bull run. Oh, wow. It's from 2016. I mean, these are just a bull. Wow. Even hit a dollar at some point. <laughs> but this, you know, library is an example of a, of a crypto project that actually worked, though, right? I mean, it actually, it actually provided utility. Uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 and I believe it still will. I think it's gonna, I don't think it's going anywhere now that, it, now that it's more forced to be more decentralized. I think it's, uh, mm-hmm. continued to, to grow and be used. For sure. I hope so. Um, we post all our Monero uh, content on there. We've been doing that for years, actually. So I think we actually have quite a bit of library tokens because I think we get them every time we post videos or oh, something. Well. Mm. So now let's also discuss um, this post by Joseph Cox. He said, new, an incredible court record pulls back the curtain on a $30 million underground Bitcoin exchange running for years in the heart of New York. Massive bags of cash, drive-by pickups. This is what real criminals use, not services like Coinbase. It's true. Yeah, I thought this is this is right in my backyard here in New York. Uh, they're basically running like a local a local Bitcoin operation where they were transferring uh, millions of dollars worth of cash for for Bitcoin for years. Oh. Um, and you know they're talking about how it was basically allowing dark market vendors and stuff to turn their their crypto gains into into cash into dollars. We've seen quite a few examples of this, right? People getting busted for this. So, you know, be careful out there, right? We always talk about the most ideal way to purchase your Monero is with cash, but you don't want to be in the business of selling Monero for cash. There's there's a big distinction there, right? 
if you personally need to convert Monero into cash, as far as I understand, even here in New York, there's there's nothing illegal about that. You could peer-to-peer uh, trade Monero for cash. But if you're in the business of selling Monero for cash, then you're, you're a money transmitter at that point. You need to be properly licensed. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, you're essentially uh, laundering money, right? And so clearly what you need to do is you need to get into Monero and you need never to leave or never to leave the crypto sphere anyway, because the problem is the problem comes up when you try to get when you try to leave and go back to fiat. Exactly. So really, you should just not go back to fiat. You should buy gratuitous. You should buy your eggs from gratuitous. You should buy your coffee from gratuitous. You can buy your uh, you can buy your cars. I just I, I think I read this week that uh, one of the luxury car brands is now accepting Bitcoin. I want to say it was like not ja- yeah Lamborghini. That was it. I was about to say Jaguar, but I'm like no, I don't think that's right. Yeah, Lamborghini now accepts Bitcoin. Just like really? Honda from a couple weeks ago. Yep. That Honda Civic with your Dogecoin. All right. I think is that the news? The long, long news section. We knew it was going to be. Well, I want to play just a bit. Of, a bit. Oh of yeah, yeah. Play, play yeah. a little. Yeah. Like just like two minutes, and then that's it. <laughs> we covered a lot, so. Okay. Uh, that we see being played out. Uh, we need to look at more fundamentals. We've been aware of for a while, but we haven't uh, confronted. They haven't come out of the age with a strong. Uh, this is Edward Snowden at the Bitcoin conference. That is risky, uh, but it is necessary. Uh, Bitcoin has a privacy problem. Everybody was for many, as many years as I've been giving these talks. I'm still unfit. The world has a privacy. Okay, so what do you do about it? You know, people in the room go, oh, you know, let me do a coin join. Uh, I'm going to erase by shuffling these around. And I'll do 200 levels of mix-ins or something like that. Uh, cool. You know, I am proud of you for knowing that it's possible. Uh, but no, stop. That, that That's not what we're looking at. Contorting yourself to pass through the tyranny that is surrounding us. Uh, that's not the solution. The goal is not to, you know, wake up in the morning blessed with the perfect uh, suite of knowledge and skills that will allow you to dance through the team of hell of smartphones, you know, perfidious network traffic that is diming you out to everybody in the camp without asking your permission, uh, just in order to be able to interact with society in some approximation of safely, right? You go, oh, well, I've got VPNs and I've got these things that are they're blocking using ad blockers and I've got a hard browser and whatever. Uh, that's not the goal. Uh, and it only benefits of the smallest minority fraction. When we talked about, you know, the old case of Lenin and the people who were you know, putting their axe on the ground, uh, it comes from the collective. There has to be a mass. There has to be enough. Uh, and the more, exclu- uh, the more exclusive your community becomes because of the burden of knowledge that it requires to participate in it, the smaller that collective will, will necessarily be. Uh, and we need to recognize that the status quo of the world is whether it's the way uh, sort of on-chain privacy analysis is happening, you know, tracking cross-chain transfers and tweeting this stuff out. So like, oh, look, this person moved this, that person moved that. Uh, that's not normal. It's not acceptable. Uh, it's inside the room. It's on your phone. It's in your pocket. You know, on the Wi-Fi. Uh, it's the cameras that watched you walk into the venue that now have vehicle recognition and person recognition baked into the algorithm. It's on the chip. Uh, it doesn't even cost the manufacturer anything extra to add in. They just got to enable the software. Uh, it is everywhere. So you should definitely check out this video. It's 28 minutes long from Bitcoin Amsterdam. And um, I'm happy that Edward Snowden actually mentioned Bitcoin's lack of privacy at the Bitcoin conference. 
Um, of course, he couldn't dare to possibly mention the uh, the orange crypto that solved uh, the no, problems. No, 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 no. <laughs> only only Zcash, especially not at a Bitcoin conference. <laughs> but to be fair, yeah. I didn't even mention Zcash. Yeah, I think he's kind of stayed away from. Uh, yeah, um, he might have mentioned Zcash. I don't know. Did he mention? He might have. No, I, he didn't. I watched the whole thing. Okay, yeah, I watched it too. I forgot that. I, I told you guys though, right? I tried to get him on the show like years ago, and we did talk to his people, and we almost got him on. He was almost willing to. Get, he wanted to get paid like ten grand or something. I forget what it was. And then yeah. actually considering trying to make it happen, I spoke to some people in the Monero. Like, would we like raise the funds? Would have been ridiculous in he's retrospect. Just a, he's just a celebrity at this. Point. And he was unwilling to do it when I told him I'd pay you in Monero, and then everything went cold after that. Like, would would you be willing to accept Monero for the payment and and the whole thing? I mean, don't deal fell apart. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand that he has to live. Like, he has to have money for rent and money for groceries and stuff like that. I get that. And speaking engagements, basically, from what I understand, are now his life. Because of the fact that, um, like, to my knowledge, at least, I don't think people would take him for a regular job. So speaking engagements kind of has to be his life. So I get that. But that is a little bit extreme. Yeah, just go figure out how to turn it into... 35K for like an hour or two. Go live off. Like, here you are. You're you're out there. You're you're the guy telling everybody that we need to basically opt out and move in, you know, move into private digital cash. And you, you're not willing to use it yourself. Yeah, this uh, is why some people think he's like, uh, you know, like fed or like a part of a psyop or whatever. Which it's like he'll, go, he'll dance around like actual solution, right? Like there's a lot of things you'll talk about, and like the biggest one is you know like in crypto, and he'll like dance around like Monero. It's like I think I've heard him mention it once or twice. Yeah, how are you not out there talking about Monero all the time if you're? If you believe what he purports to believe, of course, in. he was on like some initial Zcash founders borders. Right, he was one of the original signers of the on the initialization ceremony or the oh, I can't remember whatever they call it the something ceremony. There were seven of them, and I'm I'm pretty sure he was one of them. Yeah, he was. He was. Should be the default on any piece of software. Well, sounds sounds like Monero. Um. All right, let's let's move it along. Let's get the special guests up here. Thanks, guys. Um, still around. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody. Um, and we're going to get... Is Andres still around? Or did we lose him? He is. He's in the back date. Okay. Yeah, get Andres up here. You ready, Andres? Yes. All right. And we get our guest. Um, hopefully, they're still here. <laughs> that was a long news. I uh, know. It was a long show. We're going on three... We're going to hit three hours up today. <laughs> I'll go ahead and uh, run the guest uh, segment. Yeah, run the guest segment. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. All right, Alessandro, how's it going? Oh, you're muted. You're muted. Hi. Good morning. Good, good morning. Uh, we wanted to to bring you on. We know you're making a lot of progress with Monero down in Argentina. Uh, we want we want to get the update on how things are going, how things went with your fundraiser, how you ended up putting that Monero into action, and what you're thinking of doing next. 
Elas. ¿Entendiste eso? Vale. Eh, no, 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 la verdad que bueno, no. Entonces te, te, tradujo, te tradujo a vos también lo que dice. Eh, no, básicamente quiere un update que le, que le digas cuáles son las novedades, qué noticias tenés y cuáles son las próximas cosas que... Bueno, eh, déjame que me presente primero. Puedo hablar un poquito en inglés igual. Eh, it's a pleasure to be here at Monerotopia. Uh, again to talk about uh, our team and Monero. Sorry for my English. Uh, in the in the matter, my grad uh, was always is one. <laughs> es horrible mi inglés. Así que eh, bueno, nah. básicamente eh, hemos culminado eh, el objetivo de la recaudación del proyecto que habíamos publicado el 16 de junio en Twitter. En ese momento era Twitter, todavía no era X. Y, Basically, y the objective de, of the whole fundraising that we did it on Twitter, it's already fulfilled. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. can we bring up Tux? Can you bring up uh, pictures uh, on, on yeah. his uh, Twitter? He's, Let me he's, pull that up. And amazing videos, too. Like, uh, very well done videos. Put a lot of effort, I could tell, into, into making those videos. Muy buenos videos, dice. Muchas gracias. Nos esforzamos mucho por darle la mejor calidad, por hacer la mejor producción posible para, para toda la comunidad, por la confianza que me dieron a mí para, para hacer esto. Thank you. We, we made a lot of effort uh, to make the best quality possible for you or the community that, that help us to make this possible. So yeah, they, they, they wanted to present it in, in the best light possible since they got the the, Look at this. the theme painted and the whole... Yeah, Tuck, try, try to pull up the, the picture so we can show exactly what they did. I mean, so they they have they, they have Monero uniforms uh, for, for their soccer team. They basically updated their stadium and used Monero colors and the Monero logo. And also um, they, they called out people from the Monero community that gave them donations. Uh, Tux, if you could pull up those pictures, we could, we could show everybody. Give me one second, my thing closed. Okay. Sorry about that. No worries. No worries. There we go. All right. Si quieren arrancar por el video del baile de folklore. Yeah, maybe play that video. Okay. Let's... Yes. He says that maybe you want to play the... the first the first video to play is the one with the dancing. Oh, okay, with the dancing. Yeah. Is that, is that this one? one? Yeah, I think so. All right. So those are that's everybody that that or not most of the people I guess that donated to his his campaign is Kuno, and this is in the in the stadium. You guys did a really good job at, at uh, painting it. Dice que hicieron un muy buen trabajo pintando pintando las tribunas. Muchas gracias. Sí, el, el, el objetivo era más o menos mostrar el, en grande los logos de Monero y Libertad y, y los nombres. El, el, el pintor eh, hizo un muy buen traba, trabajo y el, mi miedo era que les guste, que no les guste a ustedes, a la comunidad. Así que por lo visto les gustó a todos y, y estoy muy contento por eso también. Y darle el folclore era la idea mostrarles un poco la cultura acá en el norte, cuál es el baile tradicional. Yo sé que muchos conocen Argentina por el tango, pero aquí es donde más se baila es el chamamé y el, la chacarera. Así que quise mostrar eso. The, the, the main objective was to be able to show you everybody how, how nice it lo actually looks in reality. I mean, the colors are also the, the shields, the logos from Moneros and the, and the club as well. So the, the video guy did a, a really good job. Uh, about that, but the idea was also to show some typical dancing, which to most to uh, most people when they think of Argentina they think of tango, but that's actually from basically Buenos Aires, 
uh, uh, this is in a province in the north of Argentina, so that's the actual typical dance from that region. So they wanted to show some culture of the place as well. And he was very nervous about the fact that everybody was pleased with, uh, everybody that donated that was pleased with the way that the, the names show on the actual seats. Yeah, well, I, I think I think you did an amazing job with that. I think everybody knows you're, you're, you're trying to do do your best with being fair and how you portray all the names and everything. An amazing job, man. Amazing. Where's the, where's the applause? Tux, can you, can you give the applause? Dice que hiciste un gran trabajo, que hiciste un gran trabajo con, con la forma en que lo, lo pintaste, que, que todo el mundo está muy contento y con la forma en que lo mostraste también. I know, I know. I'm certainly inspired. I'm going to be going down. I guess I can announce it now. I'm going to be coming down to Argentina. I'll be hanging out with Andrés. Uh, Andrés is giving a talk at La BitConf. I think you announced that right on Twitter, so I, I could go ahead and yeah. say that. He's going to yes. give a Monero talk. You could, you could tell people about that, but that's tremendous. I mean, La BitConf, like thousands of people go. He's going to have, he's going to be on stage teaching people about Monero. Uh, I'm coming down there, Sunita and I. Really for two reasons. One, we want to do recon for the next Monerotopia to see if we end up doing it down in Argentina. Uh, and two, to go to La BitConf and, and kind of make connections, see what's going down there. But would love to, uh, Alessandro, would love to uh, potentially come visit you, come come to your town and see what's going on there. I don't know if you want, you want to let know that in November. Te estaba contando que van a venir Doug y Sunita a Buenos Aires para la BitConf también, así que van a estar acá en noviembre y también para hacer un poco de reconocimiento para Monerotopia, a ver si para evaluar la posibilidad de hacer la Monerotopia en Buenos Aires en un futuro pero que también están evaluando la posibilidad de lo mejor pegarte una visita por Formosa me encantaría, me encantaría es un, un lujo para, para todos nosotros acá en Argentina que, que quieran hacer el Monerotopia tienen un gran representante como es Andrés y, y sería espectacular Sí, 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 ya, lo ha, ya, ya, ya me lo ha contado en la publicación en, ayer, anteayer. Y sí, es bienvenido. Si tienen el tiempo, me encantaría ir a mí, a la Bitcoin, pero no, además yo no conozco Buenos Aires. Yo iba a conocerlo en agosto y el tema de la tribuna, las camisetas y trabajar acá con los chicos me cortó el viaje. Conozco Asunción, conozco Santa Cruz de la Sierra, conozco Brasilia, pero no conozco Buenos Aires. Caso, caso único lo mío. Y, y nada, que ah, well, bienvenido. If, es bienvenido. Si quiere venir, lo espero con los brazos abiertos. Yeah, first, first he says that we are very honored or that, that you're considering uh, Argentina for, for the, for the Monotopia conference actually happens. Um, but the, the only the fact that you're already considering it's like, it's great. Uh, that he will be pleased, very, very pleased to, to welcome you, um, in, in Ibarreta, in, in Formosa, if you come. Sadly, he won't be able to to be at that BitConf in Buenos Aires because with the whole thing about the club and things that he's dealing with right now, um, he couldn't make it to Buenos Aires. Actually, he doesn't know Buenos, uh, Buenos Aires. Uh, he knows uh, places around uh, the place, even Brasilia, but he never been there. So it would be a nice thing, but sadly, he won't, won't be able to, to make it to Yeah, no, no worries. Hopefully, I can make it to you. I know it's it's not exactly right around the corner, right? It's like a two-hour plane ride from Buenos Aires to his town. Yes. Oh wow! Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Argentina is a big place. Andres was two-hour plane ride. <laughs> it is big. It is big. 
Sí. Dice que desgraciadamente, él, bueno, si quieren, no, desgraciadamente se va a acercar a vos, pero como que al principio no sabía que era un, era un vuelo de dos horas hasta Formosa. Pensó que era más cerca de Buenos Aires, pero que se va a acercar, se va a acercar. Perfecto, la vamos a sí. con los brazos abiertos, la vamos a preparar una picada, el corto tiempo que pueda venir vamos a hacer un, un recorrido eh, por algunos comercios, que hable con algunos chicos, también que hablen con los chicos del club y vamos a compartir algo seguramente. Eh, si quieren, le puedo you, comentar más o menos... You, el... will be, you will be received with open arms I, in, 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 in his place. And you will be invited. You will be invited a picada, which is actually our kind of like entries with uh, with salamis and cheeses and wine and all those things. It's the thing that you ate before the meal. Um, yes. By the moment you get to the actual meal, you don't you're not hungry anymore. But you, you, you keep eating, anyways. Uh, take into account that our our meals are actually like two or three hours long. Um, so I will yeah, bring my appetite. No worries. <laughs> you are more than welcome to visit him and he promised that he will show you around and also connect you with all the local shops and Amazing. places uh, adopting Monero. Yes, I, I could do, I'll do some shopping when I'm there, I'm sure. I, I will definitely do I'm some sure. shopping. Um, he wants to make an announcement or something. Yes, like go ahead. Dale, dale, anuncio que quieres hacer. Y en una de esas también justo haya partido, el, sí, en la fecha que el, si cae fin de semana, tal vez juegue Libertad. Así que... Yeah, if, you come, if you come on a weekend, vamos. maybe Libertad is playing. So, oh, that would be amazing. You will, you will be able to see a, a soccer match. Bueno, yeah, it would be... Just say soccer feels like dirt in my mouth. Sí, quiero comentar más o menos el, el segundo video. Eh, okay. He will be commenting the second video now. Tax, okay. if you can show the second video. Yeah, let's go ahead. Uh, I switched my browser. I don't know if the audio was working last time. Hopefully it is this time. Nope, it works. What will pass, honey? I dress like this. If you don't like it, I don't care. I'm just dressing like this. Now he he's telling me the What anybody says, I don't care. The music says. I do whatever I want with my life. Yo mientras estoy tomando tereré acá con el calor que hace. He's, he's drinking tereré because it's very hot right now in in Formosa. is the is the cold matter that that you drink you drank on in Prague. So actually, your daughter was selling. <laughs> yeah, it's for Monero. It's called mate brew with. Um, ¿Qué fue naranja, no? Si sí, se acuerdan de ese chico de Agustín, el que cruza los brazos, 
la que habíamos hecho el video como mostraba cómo cargaba saldo en las casas de apuestas y después pateaba el arco como si fuese rugby one of the guys that he, they are showing there at, uh, like in the first row is one of the guys that was charging like getting credits for the betting house in Monero yeah that's what I wanted to ask him next how's that going are they seeing um, usage of, of of the betting platform with Monero what what's can you give us the update on that Yeah, quiere saber que quiere saber que cuál es la digamos en la actualidad que está pasando con el tema de Monero usándolos para las apuestas o no si eso cambió en algo si aumentó bajó eh, bueno básicamente el boom el boom de, de Monero en, en las apuestas ha bajado ha bajado el uso porque eh, han cesado los bloqueos por parte del gobierno a las casas clandestinas online y eso ha reducido Monero. que la gente que aprendió a usar Monero haya, haya vuelto al sistema tradicional, peer-to-peer, eh, -peer, eh, pero muchos se quedaron. Y esos muchos eh, son un volumen eh, razonable en el cual eh, se sigue manteniendo el Monero, siguen usando Monero, eh, holdean Monero. Va a conocer seguramente cuando venga, va a conocer jugadores que holdean Monero y, y algunos comerciantes. Y básicamente es una... Sí, Actually, usage for bets went a bit down because the, if you remember the story, the main reason that they started using Monero was that the government had cracked down on, on illegal betting houses online. So yeah. they had to use Monero to bypass the regulations. So they went back to the previous regulations. So now it's actually allowed to do them again. Oh, so some, of, some of the need for Monero went down. So some people especially um, some of the lower amounts, um, people using lower amounts for betting uh, stop using Monero. But uh, since they got some actual adoption or traction there, many people kept using Monero uh, for, for the whole betting thing. But also, since they got some exposure to Monero, they learned a bit about it. Some people are now actually holding Monero or using Monero besides the, besides the betting. Um, so if you come, he said that if you come, you will you will be able to meet some of the players that are actually now hold the Monero. Fantastic, fantastic. That is awesome. Those videos are those two videos are super well made, by the way. Uh, los videos son muy buenos y muy bonitos. Traté de mostrar en los videos de los jugadores la esencia misma. Eh, yo no salí en los videos porque lo estuve coordinando, todo lo que había que hacer, esto es una presentación que lo suelen hacer jugadores profesionales con directores generales atrás, yo traté la idea de sacarla y hacerla yo, e indicándoles qué tenían que hacer eh, con respecto al video, y salió muy thank lindo, a todos les encantó. Yeah, thank you very much. We tried to actually do, do our best with the, with the whole video thing. The, the guys were, were excited that, that they, got, they got to do things that actual professional players do, like posing for the camera or have, and, and <laughs> yeah, have, Well, they did a good yeah. job. I mean, like yeah, 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 yeah. They were very yeah. excited. And the they reason that ball, he's yeah. not, the reason that Alessandro is not on, on camera is because he was actually coordinating the whole thing and telling everybody what they have to do or directing somehow. So very good job. But it was the first time well, for most of the players to do that. something like that. Con lo último que quedaba con las de las donaciones, pagué el servicio de filmación y fotografía, así que y lo mejor de lo mejor ahí. With the last bit of honoros that they have left from the donations, 
uh, he actually paid the, the, the video guy, the, the video and photo guy. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> hey, look, there's Andreas. Bueno. Nice. I am there. This is just, this is like so cool. Like, it's like the a little up there. thing, but it's like so cool. Um, the, does he have any plans for like, uh, like, what's his vision? What is he thinking? Is he, is, does he have other Monero ideas, other ideas for how to grow adoption in his community? Things that he's thinking about? Te pregunta cuál es tu visión, cuáles son tus ideas que puedas tener para, para aumentar la adopción de Monero en la comunidad por ahí. ¿Qué, qué otras ideas o proyectos tenés? Eh, yo lo he comentado eh, en el video abajo en el hilo que he publicado de la presentación, he comentado el trabajo que, que venía haciendo, además que fue orgánico lo de las apuestas, sino que agradezco mucho la, la idea de la gente de la comunidad de incentivar a los comerciantes que, que lo tengan como un medio de pago aunque no estén acostumbrados aquí a eso, habilitar de eso y abrir un camino y unas puertas a tener esas if opciones go, y que... If you go lower in the thread, yeah, you can see that the work that he's been doing and, and referring to with the adoption, especially on, on like uh, normal shops, uh, which wasn't easy at first because they are not actually used to receive or crypto for, for payments and stuff like that, but they, they, they got into it eventually and some people are... Estamos en un momento también en el cual justo coincidimos en una campaña presidencial, el lanzamiento de una moneda digital, y estamos nosotros acá en Libertad, justo desde el norte. El impulsor de la moneda digital eh, es del Chaco, de unos kilómetros aquí, cerca nada más, y parece de todo como si fuese una película que acá en Argentina esté saliendo la batalla, arrancando una batalla, así que... Déjame que menciones um... Actually, he, he's saying he's saying that everything is a bit connected in a weird in a weird way, because um, the like the team or the people behind uh, pushing that legislation, like proposed legislation for the CBC, CBDC in Argentina, actually originally comes from Chaco. The Chaco, you know, yes, originally. Sí, el Chaco. Uh, Actually comes from Chaco, which is impulsor. which is another is is the near near province next to next to Formosa. Um, uh, that's the team behind. They made a the, he he told me before that he that that team made a proposal for a, like a local cryptocurrency for for Chaco, which actually works like a CDC. And now they are uh, like at country scale trying to push that. It's the team behind behind the whole project. Wait, wait, wait! I'm sorry. I'm, I'm. What did they? Do? I, I missed that explanation. Remember, remember the news. The news. The in the news segment. That the first yeah. news was something about a proposed CBDC for Argentina. They are the yes. digital peso, something like that. Yeah. He said that he was actually. Uh, he knows that some people behind that because are from a neighbor con uh, province. Chaco okay. province is next to Formosa. Um, the team originally comes from there. They have really tried before this to push for some provincial level currency or, or, or things, ABC kind of thing. And now they are, it's that's the team behind the, the proposal for doing that at country level. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Which for for context, I, I should say that we are running an election right now. Like yes. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. And, and that's only. That's only one proposal from one of the candidates. You know, so, so for the past couple of months, especially the last couple of weeks, like they are throwing any kind of shit to the wall to see what sticks from for all con candidates, right? So you cannot tell what, what is real, what is not, what they're actually trying to do if they win <clears throat> or something like that. 
So, but one of the candidates, actually the candidate that runs for the government, so it will be like the, the, the current government, he's is saying that if he wins, he will propose a law to make a CBDC. Una idea que tengo. Good luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so what do you what do you guys what do you guys feel about this election? I mean, uh, you're 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 on the ground there. What are you feeling in Buenos Aires, and what are you feeling in Formosa in terms of who people are going to go out and vote for? Te pregunta qué qué te parecen las elecciones, qué sentís y cómo te parece que se van a impactar o cómo se van a ver las elecciones ahí en Formosa. Bueno. Eh... Me parece que es un, un cambio de época muy grande acá en Argentina. Un cambio desde lo cultural directamente. Son, son muchos años de un país inclinado, inclinado hacia la izquierda, hacia una idea socialista, comunista, y que ya una gran masa de, de, de jóvenes, ya desde los 13 a los 30 años, ya han tomado una, una postura clara sobre qué país quiere y creo que se va decantando un poco lo que puede pasar mañana y Formosa no es la excepción. Por más que acá se tiñe en otro color, eh, abrazan mucho la idea de la libertad a la gente y, y creo que van por el candidato libertario. Esa es la visión sí. que, que tengo sobre lo que puede pasar y que vamos a ver qué, qué cambio trae, si, si el cambio es impa, eh, importante y, y puede cambiar un poco la realidad que tenemos en lo económico. He says, I will try to remember everything. <laughs> he says that um, uh, he says that he, he, he thinks that it's uh, what we are feeling right now. It, it feels like a, a very a big change of, of an epoch, so to speak, because for many, many years we had, uh, I think he said like 20 or 30, but it would be right. 20 years ago, we had left leaning uh, governments and And right now, what, what you feel on the ground basically is that, mo and even more so young people, is like a change of culture somehow, because it feels like they are embracing the ideas of liberty and especially like right-leaning liberty, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, of course, the concepts of left and right are very, very relative to each country. <laughs> so don't take it with a, with a, with a US kind of rule <laughs> ruler. Uh, but 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 yes, he says that uh, he thinks that especially young people are embracing that, and what he feels in the ground in Formosa is that most people, even though the local provincial government has just won like a month ago, the again the the left leaning so like traditional party won the the government the the, the election for for the provincial government mm -hmm. even though so the people are actually very used to the free market basic and embracing what do you guys think no... it's gonna... okay go ahead para agregar algo yo no yo no sabía que el señor Dobbs fue candidato al congreso en Estados Unidos la verdad que no me había dado cuenta en el perfil y que es una inspiración grande para mí porque yo también tengo una visión de querer cambiar ingresar dentro de dentro de no, no por ahora, ni mediano, ni en el largo plazo tal vez, también uh, aspirar a eso, a llegar a donde los cambios se, se hacen profundamente y donde uno puede tener más peso, mucho más peso sobre, sobre las decisiones de la gente, para, más para darle las herramientas y, y poder cambiar, cambiar un poco la realidad y abrir un poco más la, la cabeza de la gente en cuanto a herramientas financieras que como lo puede ser Monero, como lo puede ser Bitcoin, 
y impulsar mucho más eso. Yo sé que vienen muchos cambios sobre eso acá en Argentina y se va a impulsar mucho más, pero ser uno de los actores principales es un, sería un sueño para mí. He said that he actually didn't know that you yourself that ran for Congress before on a libertarian or, or liberal platform. So that when he found out, uh, he felt very inspired and that not now, but of course sometime in the future, he would love to, to follow your footsteps, so to speak, and try to get into politics. I, I think he says something like uh, trying to be in the place where things actually happen or when you can actually modify the, the reality somehow. Uh, so he, he felt very inspired by you, you particularly to do so. And uh, he wishes to be a part of the future conversation where, because he thinks that, or he sees that, that uh, things are going to change. And the crypto and Bitcoin and Monero and stuff like that will be part of that future. So he wants to be in the place where those laws or, or the public opinion could be shaped in a way that is better for everybody, not for the now the people that are in power. Amazing. He's in the right place at the right time to do it too. Um, what do you, what do you guys think it means for Monero if Melee were to win? I mean, do you think, uh, do you think he, he, you think he's ultimately a Monero guy? He's, 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 spo he's spoken about Bitcoin. Do, do we know? Is like, does, does he have a really good understanding of, of crypto and understanding that Bitcoin is traceable? Do, are, do you guys have any insight into that? Eh, un poco lo que dice es que pregunta qué te parece Milei como candidato en el sentido de si te parece que va a abrazar un poco la utilización de Bitcoin o la acción de Monero, si es pro Bitcoin, pro Monero. Eh, yo creo que eh, Javier Milei tiene conocimientos eh, sobre Monero, aunque no, sea, no lo haga explícito. Sí trata de orientarse más a Bitcoin. No creo que él lo haga de, de curso legal a Bitcoin, no. No lo, no lo refleja así él tampoco, es más abraza como crypto friendly, como uso libre, lo va lo haría en caso de un eventual gobierno. Eh, por ahí se puede contradecir un poco en, lo, en el modelo financieramente hablando de la moneda que quiere utilizar, que es el dólar y demás, pero yo creo que con el correr del tiempo él va a abrazar un poco más a, a Bitcoin y dentro del poder que va a tener... Eh, impulsar un poco más esa adopción, eh, que sea más orgánico, que la gente misma vaya incitando a usar Bitcoin, Monero, ojalá que no eh, otras monedas que pueden ser un poco shitcoin, así decirlo, pero uh -huh. con Bitcoin y Monero creo que sería suficiente ya. Basically he says that, that he thinks that Millet is aware of Monero, though he, he, he never mentioned it anywhere. Uh, of course Bitcoin he is um but not so much seeing the like the official adoption of bitcoin as a legal currency or something like in salvador or something like that because it kind of fits opposed to what he's been pre preaching about adopting the us dollar uh, as a as a, like a legal tender here for many things uh although he keeps some hopes that by just making it easier or 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 more or, or or more free uh, to people to actually choose whatever currency they, they can use. Uh, that would bring some organic adoption for, for crypto. And he hopes that that when they do, when people do, is not they are not choosing uh, 
shit coins basically <laughs> and they are choosing like proper crypto like like bitcoin or monero uh i, yeah, Max, I myself i myself kind of like half half agree with with that with that view um uh, i think that it's kind of easy to see someone like Millet compared to the other politicians here as a crypto friendly mm -hmm. uh politician i think that uh basically basically I don't know how it's, how it's, how that would be seen from different countries or like Europe versus the US. Or But if I had to explain what the, the instance is that, yeah, compared to whatever you have here, basically Millet is as far right as you can be, right? Especially socially. It's libertarian or liberal, mostly in the economic sense or in uh, very like philosophically discussions about private property, freedom of choosing, whatever. But if you see from the from Europe, for example, it will be very conservative, not liberal, in, not liberal in a progressive, like let's do what people do whatever they want. So basically, for example, it's against abortion and stuff like that. I mean, so it's like it will be seen as conservative from some some like sense or, or liberal from the more economic sense. And regarding Kirill Crypto, what he's actually proposing is more like freedom of choosing currencies for people which is what great he's, what yeah which is great yeah. it actually asked, happens yeah. de facto it actually de facto happens here you know that right. is that yeah so it's like yeah, you don't care like don't minus hablando, um, sí. basically laws here are guidelines i already say that so it's like yeah it's illegal to actually sell and buy usd in the in the dark market but everybody does that or crypto everybody does that so what he's The change, in, the change that he's proposing actually bring to, to Congress or to government if he actually wins is to kind of like let people choose with which, which currency they want to use for any transaction. So in the sense of big transactions today, they're already made in USD. If you buy a house or if you buy a car, nobody pays that in pesos. It will be like four trillion pesos for to buy a house or something like that. So it doesn't make any sense, right? And and the price would change every 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 day, basically. Right. So it's not comfortable, it doesn't make any sense. So people already do do whatever is expensive in, in USD. So what he's saying is that nah, not so much as doing a, like a like a, well at least not nobody he's saying. Not they doing the whole Salvador thing or doing the whole Ecuador thing, like just adopt the USD as local tender. More like saying, we are not going to prosecute people by for using USD for anything. So do, what you, do whatever you want. And he's saying that people will, based on the, on the history, people will actually choose the USD and not using pesos. Mm. Bien, eh, un poco de, estamos entre tres candidatos en los cuales uno promueve una moneda digital otra candidata de otro espacio promueve una, una moneda digital en dólar basado en la comunidad Stellar y el único candidato que nos queda es el candidato libertario que un poco puede estar de, del lado de una moneda que pueda contrarrestar todo eso. Así que los dos caminos son bien claros. ¿Qué está? ¿Eh? Bullrich tiene una, tiene una moneda de Stellar. Bullrich está claro sobre, sobre Stellar, sobre la organización ah, Stellar. Claro. He says that he says that basically you have three main candidates with chances to win the election, yeah. and two of them, one of them, uh, is proposing a CBDC. The other one is proposing like a semi-stable coin based on USD but running on Stellar. I have no idea. And the and the third one is 
Millet, which is proposing something that actually is for people. Right. Um, the choice to choose. The choose the choice to choose. Yeah. Um, do, do you think the... I mean, the peso has been falling for quite some time, but it's been falling more dramatically recently. Do you think that's a, a kind of a bet on uh, on the election as to where it may go? You always have. You always have. Um, now, if you want, I, I can I can say to Alejandro. But um, traditionally in Argentina, we we have devaluations of the peso like continuously, oh. right? Yeah. But every time where we approach an election, any election, <laughs> it's, it's worse. Right, yeah. because people fly fly the peso and go to whatever they can. Even even uh, I don't know air conditioners. I mean, people just get rid of the peso as fast as they can. Right. In this particular election, since two of, out of three candidates are we are like are expressing not liking the peso as a currency, it's like yeah, your your bets are seventy percent <laughs> or more that in two weeks. Or a month, if you go to a second round, uh, the peso is going to be worth even a lot, a lot less. So, what we had, what we saw, what we see, what we've seen last week, even yesterday, which was the last uh, like uh, working day, is a lot and a lot of transactions, both in the regulated market and also in the black market, of people flying, flying the peso. Uh, for USD, basically mostly for USD. Um, I, I, gotta, I, want, I want to buy my pesos now with my Monero. Maybe I can. <laughs> <that out. laughs> when you come here, you 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 will learn a lot about that. But but if if I want me to to give you like a, a little piece of information that I, I tweeted about it yesterday, which I thought it was very interesting. Uh, we had like a black market rate for pesos, for for USD uh, against pesos because. Actually, you don't have like a legal market for normal people to do so. I mean, you have, but only a very, very few specific kind of people can can actually sell pesos for USD in their bank. Uh, so, of course, you have a black market rate for pesos, right? For for dollars, the blue, the, the cold blue dollar. And what happened is that for the past few weeks, of course, the market rate for blue dollars went through the roof because supply and demand, people are buying dollars and selling pesos. So the price in pesos goes up and up and up. And since everybody is looking at that market rate as a kind of like a temperature of how well or how bad the government is doing and how likely is it for to win the elections, uh, and everybody prices things in USD somehow, so the prices in pesos of everything are going up for the past weeks, more so than even before. We are like up above 12 percent inflation monthly right, right? so ab- above 140 <clears throat> percent yearly inflation right now so what the government did is unofficially for the past few for the past week just the week before the elections the, the elections he's been like cracking down on illegal exchange houses or at least saying so right so pressuring people he, he some news went out about like uh, people going to, to, to prison or at least detained for illegal money. They never do something like that. They never, the government doesn't touch that. So in the news and everywhere, and you have a lot of like web portals that display the market rate for that illegal dollar. What happily, what happened this week is that for the first time that I've seen, the market rate displayed on websites wasn't the one that you can get in the streets. Mm. For the blue. 
So he was stuck. He was stuck at 900 pesos for one dollar for like several days, and people started to get suspicious about it. It's like, no way, no way. And if you call one of those houses or you try to trade with anyone, nobody's going to sell you USDs at that at that price at those prices. So it was the first time that the illegal market rate was off. Mm. And what you could see is that, for example, this is the first time that we had an election with USDC and USDT traded 24/7. Besides the banking system, besides even like the illegal little cuevas shops for blue physical dollars. So this runs without any any kind of uh, regulation. And you see, you saw the, the 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 rate for those prices going up to a thousand two hundred something like that. So it's like a lot of different. So people started to stop referring to the actual blue rate. So now you have a black market rate of the black market rate, so to speak. <laughs> the, the government trying to intervene in that price because it looks like everything is going to shit. And now you have the crypto dollar market rate, which is actually reflects more accurate what is actually going on on the streets. So wow. I think that's a, like a pretty wild cautionary tale of whatever you try to do to artificially manipulate uh, a signal, which is basically the price of something in the market. Now that we have crypto, it's just spills. Like, it's going through the cracks. All right, guys. Well, uh, I'm rooting for Melee. Uh, I think that would I think I think that would be uh, the right way to go for Argentina. Um, We'll, we'll see what happens. If he doesn't win tomorrow, if he doesn't get enough votes, but he gets close, then there's they continue the election, right? He needs to get a certain percentage. When, so when would the when would you know? Like, what's the kind of the, the date that you know you'll finally? You have to uh, to win in this first round. He needs to have, I think, over fifty percent of the votes, which is weird. It's hard. Uh, or he has to have like I think above forty percent of the votes and more than ten percent than the second candidate. Mm -hmm. If he managed to do so, he wins his first round. It's kind of difficult. It's not impossible, but it's kind of difficult. Most likely scenario would be a second round in a month. In a month. With just with just two candidates, right? The first, the second place. Oh wow! So it would actually be after after yes. Lepic. Okay. Tengo para hacer unos anuncios. He wants to make some announcements. Yes, go ahead, rapid. go ahead. And then we'll, 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 we'll call it here. We're at three hours. Go ahead. Bien, me había preguntado que, qué proyectos tenía para el comienzo hoy para Libertad y, y qué otro trabajo se podía hacer con Monero. Yo le había comentado que tenía una idea de que tratar de buscar y encontrar a una persona, un bitcoiner, un, un, una, un apasionado de Monero también, por cada pueblo, o tratar de incentivar a a que haya uno por cada pueblo, no solo acá en Formosa, que sería un trabajo vas, para mí. Vamos mechando así, así queda bien claro. You ask what what he had, he had in mind for for the future, and he had an idea that is to find um, find someone that likes or, or wants to use Monero or Bitcoin in every town in in the country. Mm. Oh, dale. Ah, sigo. <laughs> sí. Y bueno, esa es la idea para que en cada localidad se vaya trabajando de esa manera donde si cada vez que alguien quiera eh, conocer un poco más sobre Bitcoin y Monero, una moneda trazable que no se pueda hacer rastreada, que quiera, que quiera esas propiedades, tenga una persona cerca, 
cerca de, de su localidad. En, en la ciudad es mucho más fácil porque buscando, buscando en las redes puedes encontrar, pero en Argentina es muy grande. Yo creo que este trabajo se debería hacer en todos los países también, pero creo que es una, una modalidad que podría funcionar bastante y es dejar preparado un terreno donde tarde o temprano se va a tener que dar una batalla contra, la, contra una moneda digital en, en cada país. Mm -hmm. Eso es inevitable y creo que hay que tener una respuesta. Uh, he's saying that we have to have a response to the whole um, menace of uh, having a CDC or a digital currency implemented in the country. And the way to do so is to have basically on every town and also in every city, but in the cities it's easier because there are more, just more people there, but also in as many towns as possible, someone that knows about Monero and can teach people how to use it and basically laying the ground for organic adoption if it comes to that or people have to find an alternative uh, to a controlled digital currency. All right. Yeah, yeah great, great eh, bueno. idea. Well, 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 He will need more logistics and, and, and efforts to do so. And of course, that will come in the future. But right now, he's focused on the club and the whole jerseys. All right. Bien, las, cami las camisetas están publicadas en Monero Market. Eh, vienen con envío incluido. Son, les va a llegar un paquete así con la camiseta y con el escudo de libertad para, con un sticker. Jerseys eh, are published in entre... Monero Market. Chasers I publish published in Monero Market that are already available and they come with they will come like that packed packed on a, on a bag with a free Libertad sticker on it and they tengo tengo te, pueden encontrar la camiseta de arquero y de jugador en conjunto tengo tres pedidos de que he hecho la publicación eh, de diferentes países eh, y ya están en proceso de realización y ya en estos 5 5 a 10 días ya se la voy a estar enviando Así you que muy buy, contento de empezar eso. You can buy either the like the, the normal players or also the goalkeepers uh, version of the of the jersey. And he already got three uh, orders. And I think I don't know if he, if I say it, but it's, he says that it comes with free international shipping. Wow. Y que y que espero que mucho la compren, que insisten a comprarla. Es una tela espectacular. Pueden personalizarla con su número y su camiseta. The international version of the, of the jersey. The international version of the jersey is more expensive because it comes on a on a on a basically on a better kind of fabric, more professional kind of fabric, which would be too expensive for Argentina, basically. Um, <laughs> and that <laughs> nobody would buy it. And that you can personalize the, the 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 jersey on the back with your desired number and your name as well. That's amazing. También eh, que me la promocione sería un golazo para mí y que la, las ganancias de la camiseta en este caso eh, van para, para mí eh, eh, y que todo lo que se dona al club yo he dejado en, el, en, el, en los comentarios el link con la dirección de Monero para donar al club en modo Virpag está en el perfil de Twitter y uh -huh. es la misma dirección la que dejé en, en YouTube. Después me faltó uno más y ya terminé. If you actually can uh, <laughs> um, promote the, the jerseys, that would be a nice, a very nice thing for him if you could do it. 
because uh, the earnings from the jerseys actually go to him, but uh, he set up the bird pay uh, system on Twitter in the Libertad um, uh, profile, and that goes to the to the club. He, that doesn't go to him. Uh, that, that's a hundred percent for for the for work uh, or things to do. Okay. Look at this guy, you can compare this uh, camiseta bonito. <laughs> Poor Monero Hoy. <laughs> He's just branded a, a, a jar of, of Tereré with, with, with a sticker. <laughs> Which is a very Paraguayan, Paraguayan uh, drink bueno, to have. Y con respecto a qué se viene, bueno, eh, tengo muchas ideas. El predio, cuando lo conozca, si es que llega a venir. Lo va a conocer, es grandísimo, tiene 100 metros cuadrados y hay muchas cosas para hacer. O sea, hay gente que se me sumó al club con ganas de trabajar, de abrir otros deportes. Voy a publicar, Andrés ya lo sabe, pero voy a publicar, empezar a publicar unos videos sobre algo interesante. Que si ustedes prestan atención a los videos, eh, van a notar que, que no hay luces, pero se van a encontrar con algo más eh, dentro de buenos días. Y. y he said that uh, from since the whole thing started the uh, uh, monero thing in the club the, the club many people approach him and approach the, the club again because they see work being done and things changing and they got very enthusiastic and now they are looking into um, branching even more sports i mean uh, the, if you come there uh, you will be able to see that the place is actually very big he, he says something like 100 meter, square meters or something like that the field um, and in a couple of days he will be releasing a, a video or photos that will, sh will show you that something special happened with the lighting uh, system uh, in, a... in the field and just one last thing okay que sepan que sepan que voy a salir en busca en busca de sponsors porque queremos abrir una escuelita de fútbol infantil reactivar Después, yo sé que hay mucha gente que me, que me pedía que transmita los partidos y voy a tratar de que una compra sea orientada a, la, a comprar una buena cámara para transmitir los partidos. Uh -huh. eh, también hay gente que le gusta el básquet, que me lo había comentado en publicaciones anteriores y vamos a, tenemos ya las camisetas de básquet, ya las tenemos y vamos a tratar de reactivar el, el básquet en libertad también. Así que espero... No, no, dale. Espero el apoyo de la comunidad siempre para poder seguir trabajando people don't need to worry, también... don't need to worry that he's actually looking for more sponsors uh, and there are some interest already and what he's going to do with the sponsoring uh, he gets is to open up again a, a football um, school for kids that were already in the place before and now it's kind of like reopening so they want to push uh, towards that and also uh, the club has a basket team that already has their their shirts their t-shirts um but and the other thing that people some people asked him was to um how can they watch the matches to stream the matches of the of the of the team so with some of the money of the donations he's looking into buying a better camera um, some system to be able to stream the 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 matches, so people oh, can wow. watch it from anywhere. Awesome! That's fantastic. Maybe, maybe we can stream an episode on uh, on the Monero Talk channel. Yeah, dice que a lo mejor lo pueden pueden streamear los partidos en el canal de de Monero de Monero Talk. 
Oh, sería, sería increíble, sería increíble para mí, sería increíble. Así que bueno, bueno eh, por mí ya, ya hice la promoción de las camisetas uh -huh. del club, eh, vamos a seguir trabajando. Eh, le agradezco de vuelta la, la invitación a, a Doug. Vamos a seguir hablando porque vamos a ver si, si viene. No sé cómo vamos a hacer nomás con la... La, la voy a llamar a mi traductora de vuelta. <ríe> eh, así que sí, más o menos ya vamos a tener un índice de charlas, así que... Ok. He, he si really no de última, you, Doug. Si no de última really me voy yo para Buenos for... Aires. Dale. He really thanks you, Doug, for all the, for the, for the basically, the space that you, give, you gave him to be able to talk about the jerseys at the club and everything he's doing. Uh, he's very, very grateful and he hopes to see you here if you come and visit him. And he's already in talks with the translator that he got the first time of the, <laughs> the first interview that you made. So by the moment you get here, uh, the English is better and you can communicate uh, more fluently. So, and if he, if it does, if that, he said like something, if that doesn't work, he will try to, to come to Buenos Aires. So, oh, wow. Can, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out. Alessandro, thank you so much, man. It's amazing what you've accomplished here. Uh, yeah. You're, you're always welcome to jump on Monerotopia, give us updates, let us know what's going on down there. Any thoughts you have on how to continue to spread Monero in Argentina? Uh, and yeah, very much looking forward to meeting you in person. I hope we can make it happen. I will, I will take two of those jerseys. I'll DM you. Uh, hopefully, I, I'll just be able to get them from you in person. You can mm -hmm. get one for me, one for Sunita. Um, so cool. Thank you so much, man. And uh, Andres, thank you as always. Thanks for interpreting. And looking forward to seeing you too soon, man, in mm -hmm. person. And uh, I think we, we'll wrap it up there, guys. We're w well over three hours at this point. I got I mean, one like, more thing, one obligation. Oh, yeah. Sunita yeah. made sure she really wanted me to announce this. Uh, Cake is having a meetup. Ah, uh, good, good, good. Yep, less than two weeks in Chicago on November 2nd. Uh, it is free. There's still 27 spots left. Yeah, it looks super awesome. I think they're having Justin Berman. They present. are having Justin Berman, and Luke will be there. We, uh, Sunita and I, unfortunately, can't go because we have something to do here in New York before we head out for Argentina. <laughs> uh, so, November 2nd, unfortunately, we won't be in Chicago. But definitely looks like an amazing event for anybody that's somewhat in the area. I recommend you try to make your way over there. Should be cool. I will okay. be there. I've never been to Chicago. Believe it or not. Tengo la primer la bandera con la que comenzó todo aquí. A ver. He has the flag that started it all. Ah, the, cake, uh, the, cake, the original flag from the first photo. Awesome. Vic would be happy to see that. <laughs> all right, guys. We will we will wrap it up. We do these shows every week, Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern. As you know, anybody that ever wants to jump on, you're, you're free to jump on during the guest segment. Or if you, if you want to be a special guest and you have something to present that's Monero-related, please reach out to us. We're open to any and all projects and ideas. And we'll, we'll keep it at that. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody that participated. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram.